What do you want to do? Go off! What don't you want to do? Not go off! What don't you want to not do? Go off! What don't you want to not don't want to do? Not go off! <laughs> it's going off with Rap Critic and Muse. You know, back in the day, people were asking what's going to be the next big thing in music. And for, for a minute there, people were speculating that, hey, you know, it might be this hot new Swedish band, The Hives. And, you know, it didn't quite come to pass, but they got that new album out. And that's what I wanted to quote from on this episode. I was listening to the new Hives album, um, The Death of Randy Fitzsimmons. And I know everyone has been talking about the hives, the long-awaited return of the hives. Everyone knows the hives, right? Everyone remembers them. He's just thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, hate to say I told you so about the hives and about your skin condition. But yeah, the album's... It, it, it's, it's fine. It's not amazing. But it was a fine enough lesson. But thinking back to their early 2000s and the hives' heyday and everything... And also a very unfortunate diss track that's been making the rounds. It got me thinking back to the king of early 2000s pop culture. And that's gotta be your boy, Marshall Mathers. Eminem! Taking shots at kids in, in his in his diss. And everyone's like, this is the most boomer shit I've ever Wait, heard. In the latest one? I, I thought he was taking the shots at the old man. Uh, the older man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was thinking of the wrong one. I was thinking of the one where he was like, you kids today are offended by everything. Y'all don't know about anything but shooting up schools. Eminem? Yeah. And he said that, I don't know, is that all he's doing these days is releasing periodic diss tracks like fucking KRS-One? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it's basically, it's like what Cardi B does now. Like, she doesn't actually release albums. What does she, just, she do? Every couple of months, she's like, by the way, I'm still alive, so here's a guest verse on a song. I was literally, <laughs> yesterday I was listening to WAP, and I was like, has she had anything come out since this? Like, have I just been, like, like, she's been flying under my radar for, like, literal three years or something at this point it's like she's shy or something like what the fuck is going on <laughs> i didn't think so you wouldn't think so from what we've heard up to this point but maybe she yeah. had us all fooled i heard eminem do the thing about uh, oh that's right he did mention yeah yeah at one point I, and i don't know i, I would think that would make uh, kids pretty this generation pretty goddamn brave if, if this is what they're what they're normalized to dealing with you know like there's a song i was actually gonna quote once we get into this um, from what many consider to be the living shit out of <laughs> oh, the uh, the album many consider to be his best, the Marshall Mathers LP. Mm. I've got a song I wanted to quote, but we'll, but we'll get to that here in a second because it's relevant. But you know, school shootings and everything. Unfortunately, nothing new. And in the time when wow, yeah, Eminem started the whole Columbine I, thing was like that is a good point. <laughs> Wow, he's gone from like, oh, look at me being subversive by pointing it out, to being like, oh, you kids today. <laughs> that is a weird full circle. I didn't even think about that. Was it uh, Melly Mel that wrote back? That's what it was, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard that, and people were torn on whether or not that was good or bad, his fucking response thing. 
You know, it sounded like it came from the 80s, like with how like echoey it was. It was like, what's going on right now? And wasn't it only like a minute and a half long? It was like barely that. It, it was, was like, very short. But, you know, for, for a guy from way back to respond <laughs> in any way was admirable, in my opinion. Ironically, the length of a modern rap song is... <laughs> Honestly, yeah. But I was thinking... so unnecessary. And on the 50th anniversary, that's what I wanted to get out. Oh, just God, that's right. And on the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. Can you believe this shit, folks? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, man? Your timing couldn't be worse. <laughs> we got the proverbial Mike Tyson fighting the proverbial Muhammad Ali. Like, no matter what happens, I, I mean, the younger person is clearly going to win, but this is just going to be sad no matter what. Like, I, the relative younger person is probably winning this one. But this isn't like a, you know, oh, we're, we're not, you know, clapping our hands and throwing our popcorn at this one. Like, this is sad. <laughs> this shouldn't be happening. It's like when Logan Paul challenges, like, a retired boxer. <laughs> And yeah, like, him, it's doing? like, yeah, I mean, you did, but we all still think you're a giant asshole, and we see what you're doing. Like, we're not impressed. His stuff in WWE, though, has been very, very impressive. Hate the guy or not, and I do, he does have some really, really good matches. I gotta give it to him. Who? Eminem? No, Logan Paul. Melly Mel? Oh, Mel, <laughs> Melly Mel. Yeah. I'm going through the names. I'm like, is that why Melly Mel's like relevant recently? He's just like, I know what I'll do to keep my keep my steam going. You know, I mean, dude, have you seen how like brolic this guy is? He's so like an old man should clearly not look like that. He's clearly like, you know, on something. You know what I mean? It's like one of those like, oh, is, is there like an image thing going on here? Because like this man should not be this old and have such de definition. You know what I mean? They went from Bad Bunny to Melly Mel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I watched a Dead in Hip Hop's conversation. They had a good point where they're talking about how, like, you know, it's like, uh, are we really, you know, listening to uh, uh, this dude over here for who who the cool white guy is? What what, what was the last uh, white boy you uh, co-starred? Oh, Macklemore? Is that is that what we're saying? <laughs> I was <laughs> just know? thinking about that, and I just saw that music video again for the first time in years, <laughs> a couple days ago. The yeah. fucking uh, downtown video where uh, like... Oh yeah, where they're on the mopeds or whatever the fuck he was trying yeah, to make It's a, a song about like, buying a moped. I, I couldn't believe... Like, I, li I enjoy the song for the ridiculousness of it, but there's like that sort of like... You know, the it's the Kesha, are you kidding or with me or are you not about like are you really trying to make mopeds a thing or are you joking about the fact that you're trying to make mopeds a thing you know it's like uh, what are you doing right now like like with the thrift shop thing it's like oh i'm joking but i actually do go to the thrift shop it's like oh i'm joking but are, are you really trying to get me to buy a moped because i'm not getting a moped <laughs> like you know and there's so many people on that fucking song that macklemore ends up being the worst part of the song it's like you have all of this oh, interesting shit Fox, going on yeah you, you got the fucking old dudes Doing their shit, their fucking throwback style. You it's got like a the three-part song. Yeah, you got the dude from Foxy Shazam killing it on the chorus. Downtown. And then you just got, "Hey girl, put your ass on my handlebars." It's like, boo. You're so right. Go it back does, to the other really stuff. <laughs> this is the blandest of all of it. Fuck out of <laughs> here, you Grammy Award winner. Shut up. <laughs> this is something I do in my pastime. <laughs> it, it's my fucking, it, it's my hyperfixation. Y'all gotta give me a fucking pass on this one. I was listening to a radio show from 2002, right? <laughs> I get it, though. It was the day after the, um, the VMAs. Mm. And they were talking about uh, Eminem's whole deal with Moby, 
Specifically, yeah. they didn't really talk about his thing with uh, Triumph as much, but that's uh, that's his whole other thing. So if you look up... Yeah, that's the one I remember the most. <laughs> see, this is why I think... And Eminem has... I will say this at the top. He has gone back and said, like, what the fuck was I thinking with this? Like, <laughs> I didn't handle this in a good way at all. Like, I really overreacted. Yeah, I might have... I could have been more mature with the uh, the talking puppet. <laughs> He's mainly talking about Moby here because, like... Oh, ha, ha, ha. So... Half these beefs I remember, yeah, as a kid being like, yeah, I'm down for Eminem, but why do you hate these people? What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> like, like it, it's always weird to hear him dissing ICP out of nowhere. It's just like, huh, yeah. I guess he kind of had to be there. This specifically <laughs> is peak, you gotta fucking be there. Because what happened was, Moby was being interviewed about, like, musicians today. And he says, uh. and he was asked, or he was talking about Eminem, and he said, like, I like Eminem, he's really talented, but he's also, like, homophobic and misogynistic, and I don't really fuck with that. And that got back to Eminem, and he got so fucking mad. Yeah, I, I'm homophobic? What? How dare he say that? How dare he comment on the, my music that I'm making? He got so mad that he fucking wrote the line in Without Me, calling Moby oh. a homophobic slur, just doubling I, down that, on that, it. That'll show him. That'll teach him to call me homophobic. <laughs> but the funniest part was, when Moby was asked about it, he thought it was funny. Like, he didn't even what? care. <laughs> Moby didn't even fucking mind. And I will admit, I will acknowledge, or anyway, that Moby isn't a saint either. Like, he kind of sucks, oh, yeah. we found out recently. But, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure people kind of forgot about that whole thing, but yeah, he's fucking uh -huh. weird. But um, aside from the whole, like, what was it? He was saying that he was, that he dated some actress. Right. And she was like, what? No, we didn't. What in the world? I yeah, forget who it was. What in the world? <laughs> but more, moreover, and I didn't know about this. Th I'm sorry, folks. This is peak going off. Like, we're going, <laughs> like, someone needs going to do the. Going off of the going off of the going off. <laughs> Someone needs to do the uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia fucking uh, red rope, like the, the red twine <laughs> to try to get us Bye back here. to where we started. <laughs> Moby had a music video for a song that came out in, I think, 2016 called, like, Tell Me If You're Lost Like Me or something like that. And the music video, you're going to think I'm making this up. But I'm not. Like, this is so fucking cringe. And I don't like to say oh, things are cringe, but this is so cringe. And we're talking about how Eminem is like boomer, like boomer pilled out of his fucking mind. Listen to this plot of this music video that Moby had, like, in 2016, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody is walking around staring at their phones, right? Mm -hmm. And they just, like, they don't know what's going on oh, around fl them. Flashback a hundred years, everyone's looking at newspapers these days. What's <laughs> up with that? They're all they're all just marching down the street, and this one character, who I guess is supposed to be the Moby self-insert, is like, hey, folks, look, you gotta see what you're doing. Oh, but no one pays them any attention. They just shove them out of the way. And, uh. and all this, and... There's, like, really weird moments that, like, make fun of, like, the Kim Kardashian break the internet picture randomly. Mm. That's in there. Oh, how 2016. Oh. It's very topical, very timely. Um, but the big crux of the music video that's supposed to make you feel so bad 
is that this video goes viral of this girl and she's so embarrassed by it because everyone in town is laughing at her that she that she climbs to the top of this tall building and everybody just pulls out their phone and they're filming her because they know she's going to jump and they want to catch it on video. Oh, they don't care. Oh, they no just humanity. don't care, man. And she jumps and they all just film her all the way down. And as soon as she lands, they all oh, just Black walk Mirror away. Episode. They all just <laughs> carry on with their day like they're so unaffected. But the Moby self-insert, he's just shocked and he's just, oh my God, I can't believe this. And the fucking video ends with everybody on their phones walking off a cliff. Oh, the livings. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, could hey, not me- fucking believe how textbook like right. how, like college like when we when we look back in 40 years this this is how they did commentary on what they felt was the worst things at the time you know so like, thought provoking <laughs> oh my god what you just wake up sheeple moby has something to say hey hey let me tell you something right now if we're gonna if we're gonna go for this i think that uh, books are evil and my perfect example is stephen king uh did you know that stephen king got hit by a car while he was reading a book look it up this is actually true uh-huh. uh, he he likes to walk while reading for some reason this is actually uh. a true thing yeah for yeah. some reason yeah and he got hit by a car while he was like fucking walking down the street and just goddamn uh just reading a book and not look where he was fucking going so so uh, my evidence to you, you know, an author, an author got hit by a car while reading a book. So, I, I mean, look, hey, books, man, got to look out for those books. I just gave you an example, and, and you know it's not a lie. So, look, man, you got got to keep an eye out for reading books, man. I, I'm just saying there's one casualty, one almost casualty. You know, do you want to be next, you know? So, what happens with, with Moby, he's kind of, like, unaffected by the whole thing. Uh. Fast forward to the night of the 2002 VMAs. It starts with Triumph the Insult Comic Dog doing some random interviews in the audience. Sure. And he goes up to Moby, and Moby is in very good spirits about the whole thing. He's laughing. And Triumph asks him about the line without me. And his whole Ugh. joke is like, hey, he calls you a he calls he calls you a 36-year-old virgin. Bald-headed. But- Oh, yeah, bald-headed vir- virgin, <laughs> and and they they bleep out the f word, and oh. and it says like, but that's not true. You're like 35, right? <laughs> 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 and to Moby's credit, he's sitting there, he's laughing along, he's not really taking it seriously, uh, even though Triumph is like there. one yeah. of the most you had to fucking be there things. But even then, I thought it was so <laughs> right. fucking unfunny. <laughs> I hated Crank Yankers. I thought that whole shit was so oh fucking God. whack. But looking back on it, people thought that shit was so fucking funny, Dude, and I just don't get it. You know when you're because I remember liking Crank Yankers, but it's like it's one of those things where like, but I also remember realizing how stupid it was. Where it's like, like the I got mail, I got mail. Like I remember uh. being like. Especially by the time, interestingly enough, Eminem got on the show and it was, now I'm Eminem and I'm pretending to be special needs and saying I got mail. Doesn't that make it more hilarious? It's like, no, it doesn't, Eminem. (laughs) Like, I thought TV Funhouse was okay. TV Funhouse was fun. Yeah, that one was a funny one. But, goddamn. And at that point, Triumph goes, oh, well, let's ask the man himself. He's right over here. Oh and at that goodness. point, the camera pans over, and Eminem and his posse are standing there. And Eminem says something like, 
Nah, man, I already had my screen time. I don't want to do those or whatever. The most thin-skinned. Oh, my yeah. God. It's so insane. And he, like, shoves the Triumph puppet out of frame. And he's like, ah, okay. And as they try, like, as the Triumph puppet just awkwardly looks at the camera, you hear the, you hear the fucking um, announcer go, Please welcome Christina Aguilera. We need to move this fucking show on. So Christina comes out. In this hot ass, I don't even know how to describe this thing. It's like this cross-chested thing that literally the only thing covered are fucking tits on this on this outfit. It, it's so 2002. The sixth, uh, the sixth element type deal. <laughs> Not even that. It's like a weird cross <laughs> thing. It's so weird. And and she's she's got the fucking early 2000s white girl dreads <laughs> rocking. Oh, of course, of course, with the different colors, you know. Yeah. It was a different time. So she walks up, fucking dirty, dirty is playing, because that's her new single. <laughs> and she introduces the category of, like, best male music video. And Eminem ends up winning. And... Oh, wow. You can just tell the... How people just... How people felt about Eminem at this time period. Because Christina just opens up the envelope and goes... <laughs> Interesting. Eminem. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's just so over it, but not like, the, oh my god, the, I can't the, fucking believe like, this, y'all. You're really making me do this? It's just like... There's a certain level where it's just like, okay, did they do... They had to have done this on purpose, right? Like, oh, yeah, for sure. Aguilera, better switch me chairs so I can sit next to Carson Daly. For, like, we've all heard that song by this point. Like, yeah. Now, first of all, as a kid watching that music video, fucking kayfabe brain, I was like... Wait a minute, but but Carson Daly's in the video, so I guess he's like, oh no, yeah, it, it, it was Carson Daly and Fred Durst were in the video, right? He was. Oh man. And then the only, but like, it was weird that they, they were both okay with it, I guess. But we gotta have the blow up doll as Christina Aguilera, so like, I guess they're in on the joke, and they also think it's funny. I don't know. Yeah. It's a weird thing Women to try to unpack. Yeah. So, yeah. I was reminded, by the way. Did, did you ever hear back in the day of file sharing the... Oh, I've never heard of that. I, I would never do such a thing. It was it was accredited to Christina Aguilera, but it absolutely wasn't. It was a diss track. And it was like, will the real Slim Shady please shut up? <laughs> I think I remember this. And it was supposed to be from the point of view of Christina, but it, it, it like, the rhymes aren't terrible some of it is but some of it's actually kind of clever but the voice is like a dead giveaway that this is absolutely not christina aguilera right right so she says eminem eminem is, comes up is that actually i'm i'm sorry I'm, i've never really paid as much attention like i that is actually them i never yeah <laughs> it's so it's so funny because like the way i know like it, the way i know eminem and fred durst is that they are people who beef with who are beefing with each other and who would never appear in each other's videos but this is like a this is like a uh quentin uh, quentin tarantino appearing in girl six you know spike lee's girl six where you're just like what i thought you guys hated each other what's happening <laughs> like right it's, it's like so the, strange it's like the week before this major tiff happened i guess <laughs> so eminem comes out he accepts his award and there's some random booing from the back of the room. And I still don't know exactly who starts the booing. But Eminem believes that Moby is starting the booing. 
So he says, he stops what he's saying, he stops his thanks and goes, Those, That little Moby girl threw me out of my zone for a minute. My manager, Paul, all my attorneys, my production staff, Steve, Louie, keep booing. Keep booing, little girl. I will hit a man with glasses. I remember that And now. at that yeah. point, the audience completely turns. Family, Haley, everybody, Nate, my brother, and Betty, my Uncle Jack. And they're booing the absolute shit out of him. It's so fucking loud. It's like Outcast at the Source Awards. They're, they're like throwing shit at him. Eminem's beefs are always so, and for someone that like, you know, let it not be mistaken, who I think is like one of the best lyricists and, you know, because, you know, you see how he constructs rhymes and flows and, uh, and it pays attention to all that shit, you know, at least in the heyday of his career, you know, and it's kind of like, why are you wasting your time with all this shit when, when you're like clearly this technician and you're like beefing with fucking Triumph the Itself, Comic Dog, Moby, fucking who else was, I mean, Cannabis, but even that was like At least Cannabis at, is in your genre. Right, at least Cannabis is in your genre, but even then he's not even on your like level. Like by the time in 2003 when he's doing the square dance song, he's like, Cannabis won't square dance with me. It's like, oh. dude, ca Cannabis's corpse has been stomped on by LL Cool J by 2003. <laughs> Why are you even driving by to spit on this man? You know, like, why even deign to do so, you know? It's, it's just very, very funny to me that he doesn't typically go after rappers. It's usually... Yeah, right. <laughs> but, which is why I wanted to bring up this. And I'm very glad that you hyped him up as this, you know, lyrical miracle technician. Because I wanted to read this. <laughs> and this is just going to dispel... Tom Cruise mom shoes. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Tom Cruise. Mom, shit. Boo. Let him go. Let him go. Song. Oh, my God. That's like eight years ago in going off years. The, still giving. The guy that cannabis was going up against looks so fucking mad. Like, With this pre-written shit. That the host was like, no, 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 let him go. And he's like, I spent a lot of time on this. <laughs> Boo! Anyway. In a cast looking like a Timothy. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> the cast. Oh, there's always that extra detail that's just like, what? The cast and the big <laughs> Why are you even here, man? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, I think it's very funny that this is also from a song called I'm Back. So, you gotta think. <laughs> Eminem is back in 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 true form. He is he's back and he's it's full full speed ahead. Both blade doing uh, the things I'm you're used to me doing. Oh, both barrels ablazing. So he starts out. <laughs> I take seven kids from Columbine, stand them in a line, uh, add an AK-47, a revolver, a, a nine, revolver a nine, a Mac 11, and I ought to solve the problem of mine. Um, and that's a whole lot of bullies shut up at one time. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. I think that, you know, that works. Because I'm shady. They they call me as crazy as the world went over this whole Y2K thing. Yeah, and, yeah. and by the way, sync, why do they sing? Why do they stink? Am I the only one who realizes they stink? Should I dye my hair pink and care what y'all think? Lip sync and buy a bigger size of earrings. 
This sucks, dude. This yeah. fucking patch right here. Again, these disses where it's just like, and it's, it's all you had to be there more, right? Because, oh, it's now he's taken down, you know, these guys are paying. But it's like, that's not even really like a dig at them. Like, oh, you know, they dye their hair. Oh, you got him, Eminem. You, you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> he's seriously, I'm surprised he didn't call him in stink with how uncreative I was just about this to fucking say, shit is. Are you, did you seriously rhyme in sync with they stink? I can't fucking believe this. This is your yeah. second album. You're established at this time. But the, yeah, yeah. this is also the same album where he took fucking time to, to make a random Tom Green diss. Yeah, and then again, dissing and saying how possible, uh, I'm not afraid to diss two females who wear Lee nails uh, who uh, and put on <sighs> makeup or something like that. And it's like, dude, they're literally... In fact, it, 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 you know, tell the truth to say the devil, but is it just me or did they not get more popular after that diss happened? Where, like, they started selling, like, like platinum upon platinum records after that. Like, it might have been... Yeah. A, Cause it was like 2000. It was, I think they were still like, you know, they were certainly doing their own thing, but it felt like there was like a bump that, that of course is going to happen when the biggest rapper in the world brings up your name. Apropos of nothing. Like, <laughs> like they were talking work? about him. Like, were they seriously just like, I'll, I'll diss you so we can both do better out of this. Like, cause what originally happened, I think it was like when he was doing his first album, doing the promo, he's like F I C P by my CD. Yeah. Which is, First of all, like again, the, these disses are just so shallow. Of like, F I C P, but no one's even talking about I C P. Like, if you would stop bringing them up, they wouldn't have been brought up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think that I think this verse kind of goes off the handles again. It's a weird Neapolitan ice cream thing of three very <laughs> different flavors. We start with the Columbine bit, then he takes his attention and he talks about in sync for a bit. Then he goes, so I just throw up a middle finger and let it linger let longer it linger. than the rumor that I was sticking it to Christina. Because if I ever stuck it to any singer in showbiz, oh it'd have been Jennifer Lopez. And Puffy, you and know Puffy, this. you know this. I'm sorry, Puff, but I don't give a fuck. If this chick was my own mother, I'd still fuck her with no rubber. And buzz inside her. And what does he buzz say? inside her and have a son and a new brother. It's like, At the same okay. time, just say that it ain't mine. What the fuck? Like, it went in such a weird direction that he kind of saved it a little bit. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's just, like, I think Eminem, I have a certain level, it's like, it's a comic book character. You know what I mean? Where it's like, ooh, it's, I mean, honestly, it's it's a better, his music is a better version of that awful uh, digital, that, that web comic uh, or web video. Oh. Remember, it's like, uh, Slim Shady. Remember that fucking oh, the Slim South Shady Park show or video whatever. trying to make? I was like, get this shit. Out of my face. <laughs> Let's get into the you know meat and bones of this bullshit. <laughs> the Eminem adjacent D12 <laughs> alumni. That's right. We've already covered one. We've uh, uh, yeah, one down. And I actually did a do a live uh, listen of Proof's uh, album, uh, the Looking for Jerry Garcia. I did a live stream where someone requested Proof's album, so I've listened oh, okay. to it. Okay, I was gonna say I, I don't think we ever talked yeah. about Proof. It was just your on your thing. Yeah, yeah, but but we both reviewed uh, Bazaar's first album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so we we've gone through a bit of their material, and I mean, 
not a lot, not a lot of great stuff on the Bizarre album. And unfortunately, no. I'll say even though Proof was my favorite member of uh, D12, like I always f- felt he was my favorite like member of the Posse Cuts. Like eh, the album was a little weak. I, I, I honestly. You know, I had to say upon first listen, like uh, the first only song I really remember from there was the Jump Bitch song. And Mm. even that felt a little underwhelming, like going back and like it it just feels very, you know, mid 2000s horror core rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you know, you you said you're afraid to jump, but and you're suicidal, but I don't care. Jump, bitch. Like, it's it's Uh. basically that type of But then like the song ends with him going like, hey, bitch, don't be afraid. Look me up, tap dancing on the edge. (laughs) And so he falls. So it's like it's like a bit of a joke there, you know. (laughs) Did you read that even though D12 has largely disbanded, that your boy still kind of, like, every so often, I don't know if he does it anymore, but he was there for a while touring with Bazaar? Who? Caniva. Caniva? Oh, yeah, everyone knows the the members of the band that everyone's coming to see. It was Caniva, Bazaar, and... Oh, there was a third guy. Uh, either uh, con artist or Swifty McVeigh. I, it I was Swifty, yeah. Swifty <laughs> McVeigh. Yeah. And now, now here's the thing. You know, I know these guys because th- this is the quintessential. You know, if you grew up listening to a rapper and then you have that moment where they go, and here's my friends that you definitely should check out who are totally on par with my lyrical talent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why you gotta check them out. And you know, now now I always enjoyed them for for what they were, of course. Uh, and of course, Proof was always my favorite, just because he had the interesting voice, and it always felt like he was the most like you know next to Eminem lyrically. Um, but I, I don't know. Did you ever listen to much of like the D12 like songs, like Purple Hills and stuff like that? Back in the day, I fucked with Purple Hills pretty hard. Yeah, that that one definitely was their their hit. Purple yeah. Hills, Purple Pills, whichever, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and as you might remember, when we were talking about our uh, D- our Eminem videos or whatever, I tr- I tried to fight to keep my band out of <laughs> out of the worst songs because I don't think that's as bad as you seem to think. So <laughs> it ain't great. Eminem is what makes that song as bad as it is. You you are right that the rest of the group isn't as bad, and they they make the song. But it's like for what Eminem was, like that's you know what that's for me. It's a what the song represents <laughs> sort of it, thing. You know what I mean? It's also slightly re- relevant. But I was just reminded that a couple weeks ago there was it wasn't real discourse. It was joke I discourse. Oof. Classic material. <laughs> Look, there's a reason it's at the end of the song. You can skip ahead. As soon as Bizarre's part starts, you can skip. Possibly his... Yeah. <laughs> or you can skip right as he says, the real Roxanne, and then you can skip right, right there. Because then you still get the Superman video. I was in the back. Yeah, yeah. Video. I was in the back. You can still get that, which is fine. That's funny, uh, but you don't need to, yeah. you don't have to have that little boy band singing bit they do, and then, my name on my hand, you don't need to do any of that yeah. part, or the, my underpants, you don't, you don't need that, any of my salsa, you don't have to hear any of that. Dumb, the dumb milkshake parody, I, I didn't even know it was a milkshake parody until like years later, I was, was like, that oh, that's what that was going for? Oh my god, no. Wow, holy shit. Anyway, uh, holy shit. 
any fucking way. You had to be there, folks. <laughs> Years from now, Eminem's whole thing is going to be, look, y'all, you just had to be there. The this white boy experience. was crazy. <laughs> this white boy was off the hinges. <laughs> no, what I was going to say was there was fake... Uh, trans Twitter discourse about Eminem in the D12 video when what? oh because he looks like a kind of hot chick yeah when he when he's the two girls oh my god Marshall let me suck your cock <laughs> and like, so dude, many of the comments were like, like yeah I'm smash. Jelly right now. <laughs> everybody was just kind of like openly just kind of acknowledging yeah you know. Eminem didn't look half bad in that. Dude, I remember that. I remember having that moment of like, you know, they're playing this as a joke. <laughs> Estrogen could have saved him. <laughs> no, I could totally imagine this video cutting and be like, oh, is he going to go bang himself? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, hmm. you know, he has a moment where he like honestly stops and like, hey, man, say. <laughs> <You know? laughs> See, I'm telling you, Eminem was funny in that whole thing. The video and the song. Anyway, was, um... Was Caniva in uh, that song at all? In uh, my band? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were all in the song. Because uh, it's the, we're going to be late for soundcheck. I ain't going to soundcheck. Uh, man, my mic screwed up. Yeah, it's always sound best. Man, I'm going to say something. Yo, Em, you got something to say? Man, nothing. I was about to tell him off, man. What's up? That was, I was, you know, the whole thing, how it goes. <laughs> so, but, no. so, so he was in that part? Yeah, and usually Caniva and con artists are like the, you know, the Phil and Lil of of the group where it's like, anytime it comes to them, they always do like a trade-off, right? Yeah, because it's like in Purple Pills, it was like that, you know, it's like, fuck that, someone helped on. He's upstairs wrestling with Elton John. Again. Oh, God. This was the era. This is the era. It's been so long since I was in the Purple Pills. It's probably so much worse than I remember. Yeah. No, it's one of those things where, again, I, uh, this is the era of the edited versions are usually better when yes. they're, like, so bad that they make them have to... Because he says, like, fuck that, someone helped him out, and he's upstairs uh, uh, naked with a weapon drawn. Like, that's so much better of a line than <laughs> wrestling with Elton John, T. Like, that's so late, you know what I mean? Why did why would that get censored out? <laughs> well, anyway. I mean, because it's, like, a, you know, gay joke reference. You I know? mean, like, yeah, but no, it's no, just a name No, no, mainstream drop. radio saying what including a gay radio. We're not, they're not cutting it out because that's bad to include gay people in a joking way. They're cutting out to say references to gay people is going to get the family crowd uh, calling into the radio station. So cut that out. That's what that was about. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, and then wasn't that the later line? Like, stop acting stupid. You're so high that you might wake up with a guy on some new shit. Uh, oh, uh, that's right. Naked with a weapon drawn is uh, the purple pills version. Are you serious? Yeah. So the Elton John That's is weird. the clean version. That's so weird, man. Like the weapon <laughs> drawn is worse. <laughs> when you have these moments of like realizing which version is which, like, and you know what's interesting? I remember hearing that there was an interview with like uh, Violent J from Insane Clown Posse, where there was one of the songs. I think it was Three Little Piggies or something like that. Where like you know the uh, the record label made them have to rewrite certain parts, but like he actually liked that because he got a second chance at certain lyrics. Where he's like, oh, I actually came up with a more creative version of that. And it's like, yeah. yeah, man, maybe you shouldn't just go for the obvious gay joke or just the obvious, you know, you know what I mean? Like maybe think a little harder about this. It's like it's not even about being homophobic. It's just about being more creative, man. Like you know. Too bad he didn't learn too much from that, and we ended up with the title of the creator <laughs> shit anyway. 
Uh, it's like he learns and then he just, well, anyway, uh, I got to follow Butterfly. What was I doing? Oh, yeah, I was doing being homophobic. Did I stop doing that? Well, anyway. <laughs> but as far as A History of Violence 2, requested oh, by Animal King. No yes. lyrics available on Genius. God damn it! Can, can I tell you something? This is pissing me off. We <laughs> literally have the track listing there. They have the track listing there, and it yeah. says, no, lyrics not available, but the skit lyrics are available. What is going on? Who is this person who's like, well, I got time for the skits, but uh, I can't be fucking bothered. They just right didn't fucking line. care, man. Like, and, and, and look, no disrespect to Caniva. His quote, his you know aforementioned history of violence, his story, what brought us here. But look, these skits. I, <laughs> look, I think it's like five or six skits on this album, and the album is like about maybe forty minutes long, and like there's about like fifteen tracks whole, so that's about like it looks like about a third of the fucking album. And yeah, honestly, it's it, it, it's it's only ten songs if you don't count the interludes. Yeah. And honestly, I'll say I don't. I didn't have as much of an issue with the skits. I I felt like they actually, you know, illustrated like the point of the album with it being the history of violence. I, honestly, I'm kind of confused as to how this is part two. Like, it feels like these skits should have been on part one. Like, if it, this feels like territory we should have already gone over. You know, like, hey, let me tell you about what happened with my family. You know what I mean? My yeah, family life. And no I offense, point, Animal you know? King, but I do think it's very odd that we're sitting here talking about <laughs> history of violence too before we. Maybe even... it's like, oh, the sequel hits harder. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you assumed we already listened to History of Violence Part One, which in which in ah. that case you were sadly mistaken. Or maybe I have not. History of maybe the first one's a prequel, and he knows, and he's like, oh, mm. you know what? I'm gonna give you the background, and you're gonna know what's happening. Ah. You know what I mean? Mm. The, the second one's about him in the industry, you know, fighting uh, Eminem and, and Bizarre over, you know, who, who's gonna oh. uh, get to have the one hit song, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And oddly enough, it ended up being bizarre. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that, isn't that insane? Like, of, of all, like, if you know anything about, like, you know, anyone outside of Eminem in that group, the hit song you're going to know is the rock band song. I mean, a uh, rock star song, you know? Rock star, which sound, sounds like it was recorded in a fucking tin can. It's like, damn, they I completely forgot it. Yeah, oh man, oh, you forgot those gyms? I'll take any girl, any age, 13 to 17. Uh, it's like, oh <sighs> god. Uh, and he has like a girl on the back of the bike, you know, oh, a young girl on the back. Who, which, who the fuck signed up for that audition? <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, fuck it. But uh, I'll say this much: I came away with this with, with way more personality and like knowing who he was as an individual, way more than I thought I would when I came out of this. Like I legit thought this was gonna be, you know, you know, no disrespect, but like a bit of a in the same vein of a proof album of oh, it's gonna be a little shock horror, you know, this and that. But mm -hmm. and um, now I mean, this album came out way later. This is like 2016, so this is clearly the yeah. uh, you know older gentleman, elder rapper, statesman era of. Uh, you know, Caniva's career, which is so weird to say about, you know, one of the offshoots of Eminem's, uh, you know, <laughs> offshoot posse, you know. 
I will say, like, I came away from this album, honestly, uh, enjoying a lot more of it that wasn't, you know, just, you know, skits than uh, I was expecting to. Uh, I-, I thought he got a lot more deeper into shit. I thought the production was honestly really good. Uh, Danon Porter, Porter, who I think is a con artist, the uh, the other half of the group. So so this really is like uh, the dynamic duo back at it again, you know, but in a new way. I don't know, like, uh, like production wise, like to hear a lot of the clearly like live sounding instrumentation really threw me off. Mm. I was like, oh, this isn't just the you know digital you know what i'm saying like you know eminem using the fucking accordion production you know what i mean and actually he comments on that interestingly enough at the tail end on one of the songs where he's like oh you know somebody sent me you know was like hey man let me send you some d12 type beats and he's like nah man i'm not just trying to just be you know what that is i'm trying to be more than that and he's like yeah and yes yes it does seem a little like yes that was so (laughs) that was so sad to me i get it like because it's like oh yeah conniver's really gonna break out from the shadows yeah next year we're really gonna be hearing about oh uh d12 who conniver is way beyond that like yeah sure that's not gonna happen but you know i'm hearing the man's ambition you know Uh (laughs) and and honestly like i said I i thought it was a solid enough project where i felt like it was you know, uh, uh, worthy enough of a boast by the time we got to that point. You know what I mean? But uh, mm. I'm hearing that you don't feel the same. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just really thought that last shit was so fucking sad and kind of pathetic. The Why would you mention that? The, 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 <laughs> I'm going to be known for so much more than that, you guys. Yeah, the, the people are still coming up to you being like, hey, D12 stuff, right? And you have to be like, nah, like, you didn't have to remind us. You could have just done your whole thing. So for me, um, I thought this album was fine. I I wasn't big on it the first half. I thought the first half was just mm. kind of it's okay. Um, I wasn't rocking with it that hard, but I yeah. thought the second half was fucking way better. Like yeah, yeah, it's I so agree. strange. Mm. The, the the ratings I have for the first half are so just middle of the road, especially to start out with um. With the first right, so. song, which is which is this intro, it's it's well, half intro. I hated the intro. Yeah, where it's just like it's your name, Carl Elvon. I was like, okay, man, just get to it. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I guess that's his mom. If I had to assume, yeah. But and I get that you know it's personal, it's sentimental. Sure, sure. I have never heard a worse sounding phone recording on an album though like you can barely hear what they're saying it's so muddled honestly guys you can keep the oh hey my family member loves me so let me put that on the record there was someone recently who just put out a debut album and i'm sure people are loving it but it was just like it just felt so like all right it felt like so like trying to go for the down home feel you know what i mean like you know, because, like, Kendrick Lamar already did the perfect way you should do that. You know, he puts it on there, and it's kind of like a, you know, in between. It actually works with how the album's working, and that's really cool. Everyone else who feels like they're doing it, and sure, you know, people have done it before, but it feels like it especially amped up after that, where everyone feels like they gotta give you the down-home touch, where it's just like, dude, just give me the music. Because, it honestly, it feels a little bit... I don't want to say manipulative, but it feels a little like, you gotta like me, because look how my mom loves me, you know? It's just like, dude, just give me the music. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, especially by 2016, right? Right. You could. Like, e- I'm, I'm saying you could either import the file of the voicemail 
onto your computer directly. You could hook your phone up to the computer and record it that way. <laughs> it seriously sounds like they just stuck a microphone up to a fucking, like, speaker on a phone because it sounds so goddamn bad. I can't get off that part of it. Like, straight so... to it. it didn't... <laughs> like, yeah, it was with the vibration from uh, material on material. You can hear, like... You know? <laughs> it's terrible. But <laughs> it, it makes half the song, and the rest of the song is him recalling his childhood, which is fine, but it's in some of the most awkward, hard-to-follow, inconsistent flow. Like, you can kind of tell where he's going, and then it drops off, and then he'll just, like, do these, like, short bars randomly. Like, I wish that the lyrics were available so I could quote it, but it was so, like, stop-and-go herky-jerky that I was just like, this is a terrible intro. Like, from half of the song being a voicemail to the second half just kind of being, like, what the fuck? Yeah. But I thought the second track was a lot better. Um, it sounded a lot more modern than the intro, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, the intros had sounded very fucking dated. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought it repeated the chorus, like, way too much. So yeah. It just, like, took up a lot of the song. All Falls Down, uh, I thought it was very good at... I, I noted that it was very good at telling a story, but the songs up to this point are kind of dull. Yeah, okay, it's, it's this very, like, it's serviceable, and, like, yeah, yeah this is the, you know, I, I don't know know if I say, like, the grocery core version of hip-hop in terms of, like, Whoa. yeah, this is the, you know what I mean, the serviceable music, that the respectable hip-hop music, and I'm not saying it's bad necessarily, you can still, like, you know, uh, elevate it, but for what happens later on this album, this certainly, like, yeah, the earlier emotional stuff feels like a bit of a step down, certainly. It, it doesn't feel like it's engaged as much as what happens later, yeah. I think the only line I have quoted, and it's because it was so, like, I, I seriously, I paused it, and I was like, oh, is where he goes, snitches ca- catching charges, but beating it, like, whoo! Oh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh. Oh, I thought that was corny. Oh. And I will say this, okay, so uh, for the All Falls Down track, I had a moment where I was like, holy shit, I actually recognized some of the uh, sounds and loops from my uh, Acid Pro, like my fucking, my poor ass Acid Pro production pack that I've had since I was like fucking young. So like that metallic sound, that oh, 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 and the hey, you little, I've heard, like I could tell you what folders those are in. Oh shit. (laughs) So it was like a funny moment of like, huh. And you know, it's like as a kid, I've always wanted to have that moment of like I wonder if someone else I'll ever come across someone using some of the similar sounds that I've used and god damn it I just came across it <laughs> what's very so funny just, to me in a similar vein <laughs> is that when I grew up I had a really cheap Casio keyboard mm. and every so often I'll hear the the drum sound from the, that keyboard <laughs> on a song and right. just be like oh my god I remember <laughs> that shit <laughs> Yeah, like, like, did like, did they have the exact same kind of keyboard, or is that just like <laughs> yeah. on all Casios? Like, how did that yeah. work? That's um, only for my childhood. You're not supposed to have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I threw that away for a reason. Hands <laughs> off my garbage. <laughs> um, then, yeah. uh, Mama, I tried was all right. Yeah, it was all right. Like the, the bit of the emotional moment where. Like, it, that hit stung me a little harder than I was expecting, where he says, like, I watched a friend die on YouTube. It was like watching your favorite favorite character die on a show, and you can't oh. say goodbye. 
like that hit slightly harder than I thought. Like, you know, cause like we don't think about it before, you know, most people, if you think about someone who, you know, died, like you're not going to see it. But like the idea of like, oh, that was like, it is more likely that if someone is dying in a shootout, it's going to be captured on video. And the idea of like seeing a friend, you know, like lose their life and you're watching that on video and it's like, wow, yeah. this is and like having that disconnect with like, this is like a TV show. Like this is, this is like, it's not even really happening. And, and I can't say goodbye to this person because it looks like this isn't really happening. Like, like this isn't that really is happening. This is on terrible. this box here. You know, it's, it's just so viscerally got you in this interesting way that I wish the rest of the song was, uh, heavy enough on but mm. I, I feel like the like this is the mama song which oddly enough i feel like i don't know he, he didn't try hard enough to really make this hit <laughs> i feel like uh i tried by uh bone thugs and harmony uh, hit this note a little better of the, i tried so hard but no matter what i do i always seem to be poor like oh i feel you bone thugs like you know <laughs> right um and then don't let me fall like again this is like the perfect example of what uh, I mean by like, I get it and I know what you're doing, but like this just feels like the boilerplate template for what this type of track would be of the life affirming song. You know what I mean? Like if ever I'm falling and you know, j just reach out your hand for me if I'm falling, you know what I mean? Like it, it felt a little contrived and a little like, it felt a little like, I hope this will be my inspirational hit song. You know what I mean? I thought this was the worst song on the album. <laughs> Mainly, mainly because of bad channels and his fucking singing on the oh. song. Oh, come on. I didn't think he did any favors to it. That was what made it kind of corny to me. I thought uh, Canavo was doing fine. He did not need all of that. Um, but then on All I Know, I have written down that the guest verse from Seven the General wasn't much to speak of, but I thought it was the best Caniva song on the album so far. Mm. And when I tell you that my ass spoke a little too soon <laughs> when I said that shit, because we have got back to back yeah. from here. Dear Uncle, I Want to Be Free. And Daddy Don't Cry oh, are man. holy shit <laughs> level of just like, yeah. where the fuck was all of this on right, the first half? Energy. Uh, I will say there was one line in All I Know where he says, uh, where he's talking about like, you know, trying to stay out of bullshit. And he goes like, but not having to deal with any issue anyways. Like, well, I guess we up next to beef like asparagus. Like, I thought that was kind of a good line. Oh, I actually <laughs> thought that was corny. <laughs> uh, uh, I thought that was, uh, it was like, I just wasn't expecting Not to like, keep uh, it with a vegetable pun, but. <laughs> <laughs> I actually but, uh, almost uh, made note of that myself. I almost uh, forgot. You almost uh, specifically called it the other side. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, uh, like you're saying, uh, but in the Dear Uncle, I Want to Be Free and the Daddy Don't Cry, just these titles alone <laughs> are just already like, oh, man. Uh-oh. <laughs> right? And then just the way, oh, man, and Dear Uncle, where it's like, because he flips that, you know, bit, bit of like, yeah, you know, sure, you know, the white boys is after us, but, you know, they, they've, you know, 
poisoned our minds so that we're we hate each other and that we're after each other too you know like the the self-hating and that sort of thing and you know and because he has that one line that i think is really clever is like the smartest thing they did was planting the key on me or something like that in terms of yeah. like how to get out of you know the bullshit and like that you know flip wordplay of like the key like the key out of the gate and you know the key like a yeah a key of cocaine so i was like mm. oh shit and then like them slave owners they never died they just had kids and instilled their values inside it's like oh fuck. <laughs> it was just hitting so fucking hard like you treat me like property just because i don't speak properly like fuck. oh jesus <laughs> and fuck. the uncle he's talking to is uncle sam uh, ladies and gentlemen just to give that one away <laughs> And the city that he's talking about is Chicago. <laughs> and now you know. Oh, you know when he was talking about the wind blowing, I was thinking a little something. I wanted. I didn't just want to assume you. Yeah. This is the best example of that, though. And, yeah, and he right, doesn't right. do that at the end. He doesn't say, yeah. oh, by, by the way, way Uncle look at the Sam. Camera. <gasps> yeah. Look at the camera. By the way, the uncle, I was, it, it wasn't a family member, actually. Are you ready for this, guys? He <laughs> <laughs> yeah, went all in Pog in unison, just, oh, oh my God. My jaw's oh, on the floor. No, but Everyone seriously, though. fucking immortal technique. <laughs> No, but uh, Daddy Don't Cry, though, seriously was just a fucking gut punch the whole goddamn time. Woof. And when it gets to the end, and, like, Mm. it's using the same rhyme of just saying, like, so da 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 daddy da 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 daddy but it's like Ugh. it's so emotional with how it's hitting that it still works like Ugh. I want to make my son better than you and me daddy because I believe in him like you believed in me daddy it's just like ah. look man Ugh. yeah it's the whole thing of of the dad telling him not to cry don't don't cry don't cry and then at the very Ugh. end where his dad's dying and he's telling him not to cry Ugh. fuck me Ugh. Get out of and, here! And some and something about him as a grown man repeatedly saying "Daddy" almost made me fucking lose it. I was just like, right, "Come on, man. Oh, this is too man. much." Oh. <laughs> this is being a real man. Being a real man. <laughs> That's the easy standout on yeah. the album for sure. Um, yeah. And I thought we couldn't lose, man. I thought we were doing fine. But then Trouble <laughs> on My Mind was like, oh, well, uh, it was not everything right. can last forever, huh? Yeah. I, I like that. Again, he's good for like one or two lines where he said like, oh, because the song is just about like, oh, the stuff I'm dealing with as a person. Oh, the hardships and the trials and tribulations. So he had one line where he's like, oh, this shit is hard to pass like a kidney stone. I was like, all right. Yeah, I just got his own. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and, and then, yeah, we have the after school special kids choose something other than violence and you know again like i see a demographic on which this works right they're they're the i don't know 10 year old kids that are listening to eminem's uh offshoot rappers groups and, and they're like oh, i should look i all the kids in detroit out there that are like we only listen to rappers from from detroit and all the that which only leaves us with eminem and about 50 percent of other people you know like because <laughs> they're sure as hell aren't gonna listen to kid rock <laughs> or like whatever I don't know kids that are around him that he wants to make this for you know he's like I at least want to put it out there that hey kids don't use the- I know if you're a kid it seems like the best thing to do to get your way is to you know punch and kick but let's try to be better like alright you know fine you know uh, it, it earns it enough uh, not enough for five skits but you know whatever um, <laughs> then what did you think of End of the Beginning 
Uh, I thought it was okay. Oh, I forgot. I did quote this because <laughs> another corny line that I wasn't a fan of. Pooper oh. scooper on these clowns got oh, my yeah. shit together. Yeah, that was... That needed... That could have used a rewrite. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was okay. It was just... It was just back to it, mid. Like, yeah, you it, really got my hopes up with those two. I thought those two uh, were so fucking good that anything from that point was just going to be a step down. Yeah. It, it, like, it felt like the, oh, you know, give it up for the underdog. That, that, that's what it felt like the final track was. And, like, it, I wish there was more emotional depth earlier in the album. Like, more weaved fully throughout the album. And it's not that it was there. I guess I just wish it was written better. Like, mm. can we just say this much? It's like being emotional and you know, uh, you know, bearing heart. Like, oh, you gotta feel this. It's real. That what my experience is. Is like that doesn't necessarily win me, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you still gotta bring me there. You know, you still gotta bring me to that place. And I know it feels bad to say, like, oh, I gotta be good enough with manipulating my emotions to get you there. It's like. I'm sorry, it's entertainment, so yes, like, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But how, how'd you feel overall? Uh, I walked away with a three. I'd give it a four. The instrumentation definitely surprised me, so that, that ended up, you know, pushing me a little uh, 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 in the more positive column, because I was like, yeah, this is actually just solid music overall, you know what I mean? Yeah, I couldn't help but feel like there, there was more than a couple of blemishes of lackluster spots, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Goatman is back again, following the Bjork discography, back again with Homogenic, the third Bjork album, and um, when I presented Emily with the album cue, I was like, hey, uh, pick one, <laughs> and she goes, uh, like, that's one of my favorite albums, so uh, that one, so mm. that's why we're here. Yeah. Post was also one of my favorite albums, so I was tempted to be on for both. I was like, I can't double dip like that. that oh, what are you be... talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> I sent RSC a video. I meant to send it to you. I forgot to. Um, but it's Bjork is being interviewed about something. I forget. I don't know the context. It's on TikTok, so it's like a little clip. And she goes, um, back then Americans loved their cars, and cars were all so they made so they made music and guitars that sounded like and I was like I never thought about it like that but I love my favorite Space Ghost Coast to Coast episode is the one she's on with yeah. Tom York which like Tom York's bits are all funny like I will always love the clip where he like moves he goes do you take those and he puts his hand towards his mouth and goes intelligence pills and I'm like where did that come from but I love that Bjork's responses were so random that they had to build an entire plot line about it instead of building <laughs> yeah. it, taking it out of context, because they couldn't put it in context. <laughs> she, like, broke the show. <laughs> <laughs> broke the format. You can see why I love this woman. Just fucking... <laughs> I feel like before we start, we should address the elephant in the room. Yes, the album cover is very dated. I, the only excuse I could have for it is, like, in the 90s, white people thought this was respectful. Gwen Stefani-type uh, energy. Uh, the 
<laughs> well, well, uh, you know, Indian women are never going to get on MTV, so it's cool that I'm actually, uh, you know, shouting them out. You know what I mean? Like, let me throw that bindi on. It's, it's a thing where I'm sure, like, now she wouldn't do it, but it's still, uh, it's still a little bit weird putting it in my favorite albums list, because it's like, oh, God, I hope no one judges me based on this. Honestly, well, what is it, the context, too? Because according to Genius, what I read about it was that she wanted to make an album that was, like, rich in Icelandic, I don't know about lore, but just, like, to feel like an Icelandic album. So why why would you then slap this cover on it? Uh, I'm looking it up. It says it was designed by Alexander McQueen, and oh, they God. were inspired by the image of the model Dev- Devin Aoki. Oh. And... So, and I also imagine there's a certain amount of, like, the coldness of the uh, album cover representing, yeah, like... Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Like, the, the uh, electronic yeah. uh, sensibilities of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 like, well, just for me, like, I'm, you know, not really knowing... Like, look, I was a stupid kid. I don't know where Iceland is relative to anything. Right. So I was like, And she always just kind of looked vaguely Asian. So I was just like, is... Is that is is maybe is it like a thing? Like I don't know. My like, favorite like, isn't Asian surname, of, Beer. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, isn't Russia technically part of Asia or something? Like, isn't there some business with that? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you mentioned like not knowing. Like, I know where Iceland is, but part of me still, when I heard the lyric "How Scandinavian of me," I'm like, is it technically Scandinavian? And I look up the beating of the lyric, and it's like, no, Scandinavian is an insult in Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought that was so funny. Where it's like, because apparently, you know, oh, she really gives you a piece of a uh, piece of her mind on this album. Which is like, oh, Icelandic I people, we're anarchists. We, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> so we don't do that Scandinavian thing of trying to keep schedules. <laughs> trying to organize freedom. Yeah, I, it's like oh it's such God. a specific level of like, you know, like you know, uh, the Greeks and Albanians have like a, a you know something with each other. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, yeah. this the, these type of people over here have a like a thing. It's, it's like I kind of get that feel where it's just like, oh yeah, those people are always on time and everything. We don't care. <laughs> Americans like, oh, and Canadians, right? <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, Canadians, they're not even in league with us. They're like a little brother. They're not even a real country. Don't they belong to the, to, to the oh, excuse me, the king now or something? I didn't want to deviate too much, but I was just on the Wikipedia page for the album, and when you scroll down to the title and artwork section, there's a picture of Alexander McQueen, and they just happen to pick a picture of him looking really uncomfortable and embarrassed. <laughs> like, he's got the finger in the ear taking the foot. He's like, hmm, uh. Like, he's like, oh, like shit, someone I asked him about the album, and he's like, oh, yeah. well, uh, I'm not bad. I had to be there. <laughs> God damn it. So he, he's, picture's going he's in the British. thumbnail. He's not, he's used to taking uh, <laughs> things from other cultures. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. was he's a colonizer in his blood. It was customary at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had an onion on his belt. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but let's get to this album. <laughs> yes. I thought the thing you were going to mention on the Wikipedia page was the quote from the critical reception that said homogenic could have been sting with a sex change operation, where I'm like, what Stop. does that what mean? F- where? What? <laughs> no, wait a minute. Why where do you even start it? to attack that? <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Why are you coming at my girl Bjork like that? <laughs> Entertainment Weekly. The, the point is basically they said that it could have been that and dull, but it wasn't. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
But also, I feel like trans Sting would have been pretty interesting to me, too. (laughs) Bjork could have made a hip-hop album that sounded like Public Enemy, but she didn't. What (laughs) what kind of commentary is that? The weird thing is, I mean, you can kind of say that, because a couple of these beats sound like straight-up, like, breakbeat raps. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, oh wait, I hear somebody rapping on this. The one I think of is uh, all neon-like, where, like, there's a slow, jittery electronic bit that slowly builds on it throughout Mm. the song. And I'm, I rem- I didn't notice that until this time, and I was like, oh my god. It's, like, so interesting to hear it, like, bloom at the end of the track. And- Five years especially to me with the scratchy drums. Like, that one especially Ooh, felt like, yeah. I was like, oh, are they, what's going on here? Are we breaking genre right now? <laughs> there's there's so many interesting, like, I, I love, the, the best way of describing it is Bjork was probably one of the first at the time to get into the sound that a lot of other, like, I know this was a big influence on Kid A as well. Um, oh, sure. Literally, uh, I was looked up Tom York called Unravel the best song ever made. Yeah, I saw uh, that. It, it's literally like a Pet Sounds Sgt. Pepper thing. So and like, I, I, I uh, watching this again, I like looked up if there were music videos for it, and there were music videos for like the first like five songs, and so I was like, oh, which are yeah. all, which are some of the best on the album. I'll say, like, I, so think I, like, I don't think there's a bad track on the album, but like those first four is like an incredible man, oh, run. Okay, yeah. wait, hold on, hold on. Let me let me give just a little bit of let me give a little bit of a spice Uh-oh. here, just to, you know what I'm saying. Let's not, not just be a praise party. <laughs> I didn't necessarily like track one that much. I, I that's I, one of my favorites. I think Hunter is the weakest of the first four tracks. I still like it though. But yeah, I, I did get the lowest rating for me of the four. I love it because it has a very like Aphex Twin like element to it, and I love I love Aphex Twin. It's it's the most IDM of any of the songs on here. It's got that like crackling that almost like sounds like electricity. The cymbals. Yeah, that's the best way I could describe it. Voltage, high voltage. I you mentioning high voltage made me think like this also sounds a bit like some of David Lynch's like own albums as well. I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a bit of big dream in there. <laughs> but for this track in particular, like it just felt like a way simpler version of what ends up happening on the rest of the album. Hmm. So everything, like everything that I feel like happens here, feels like it happens so better just going to track two. So this so feels like a like oh it's a nice intro, but like it feels like a step down in a way that I was like I remember having a feeling of like hmm Bjork are we are we losing a step? But the it felt interesting to me in terms of. As an intro, this feels a little weak to me, but as a continuation of the last track from the last album, I actually kind of dig it because the last track of the last album is like, I'm going to prove the impossible really exists. Like I'm going out into the wild. And then this is her coming back. I'm the hunter. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? Like, the literal, I found out like I, I interpreted the lyrics for a while to be like, uh, like the five years track where I thought it was about like, I, I left my love behind. I will go find it. But turns out, no, it's about making music and how like I will keep coming back to do this like I, I like you can hear the love and spark and how she does shit yeah oh it's so interesting I see as someone who I rank this as like one of my favorite songs on the album like I I, mm. I think one of the interesting things to me is it remind me a lot of Army of Me of like it's the most aggressive mm. carving well, outside of Pluto, but Pluto's its own beast. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but Hunter is definitely the most, like, a army of me type song, and it kind of fits as, like, an interesting segue into the rest of the album. where The, the most normal it is, sounding it is, like, song, you throwing say? yourself into the cold bath. Like, you are, yeah. you, you are entering the coldness of this reality. 
and mm. then we will sh- and then as that gives way to yoga it uh i believe that's how it's pronounced yoga yeah, uh, yoga, yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it it blooms into those uh, strings, and it's like, oh, you yes. get both sides of it. You get the... Ooh. I also, like, I think it's a... I, th- I don't know what instrument is on it, but there's, like, an accordion-like sound effect, like, on this, like, yeah. second version of the... Uh, I wish I could organize... I, I just wanted to... Or- Never. I don't know. I have a terrible memory. It sounds like an accordion going through a weird filter. That's what, like, I wrote down that there's this accordion sound. I wanted to mention that, like, yeah, I like how the string sections, like, they're very beautiful, but they very manipulated in a way that fits so well with the electronics. Mm, like, yes. It, there's, it look, I, oh. I think it's, I forget yeah. if it's immature, or I think it might be alarm call. No, it's immature. Where, uh... Like, there's these strings in the background that slowly, like, degrade as, like, the beat goes on. Mm. Like, mm. it, like, it'll start normal, and then as the four beats go on, it'll get, like, very distorted, and then it starts back right, normal right. again. And I'm like, oh, that's, yeah. it's, it's interesting to see. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a metaphor for it, and I'm like, don't say chop and screw, that's a different thing. <laughs> I think I might be able to explain for, for RC, or, or at least for myself, why the first song would come off as underwhelming because I know for me when I go into listening to an album to review it the first song has a lot to hmm. live up to because yeah. it's the first thing you listen to so I, I realize now that oftentimes when we do when, when I review albums the first song usually does have a lower rating than the second or third song because the album for me First, you don't taste it, but like sometimes yeah. you need to warm it up, kind of, or, yeah. or like, um, or like, or, or, or like you're putting on a perfume and you, and you have to rub on it first. So like yeah. you don't smell it right away. So I think the album kind of does that, where it's like, if I would have heard the first song later while I mm. was acclimated to the album, you know, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm not no, saying it has a low yeah. rating because it's a weaker song. This is totally a reflection on how I review things. I'm realizing, and uh, how. But, but that's sometimes... your experience, you know. You can't. You can't not. Be honest it's not about you. That, right? It's like, me, you know? Yeah. Right. right exactly. <laughs> like I, I still liked the song a lot because I still had plenty of. <laughs> Forgive us, Bjork. <laughs> yeah, I think that is ultimately what it comes down to. And I mean, for me, like, when I got into Bjork, my friend was big into Bjork, and I was like, oh, I don't know anything about her. I want to get into her. This was the last one I listened to, because it's her favorite, and she's like, it's the most mm. people's favorite. And I, I, so I got to warm up with the, up to that point, the entirety of her discography to that point. Mm. So, mm. like, I already knew, I had already been Even through like the Timbaland exper- like experiment on hey, Volta and stuff go. like that. <laughs> wait, wait, did you hear the stuff that she did like before she was like Bjork? Like, I, I didn't at that time, but I've now heard the Sugar Cubes. The funny thing is my dad mm. owns a Sugar Cubes CD, but does not listen oh. to Bjork. And I'm like, that, that, is, that is such a quintessential my dad went to college in the 80s thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then, into, and then got into grunge, so... <laughs> <laughs> but um go, going to this oh, i just wanted to comment on the music videos really quick because oh, like okay so, i didn't see any of i'm them. just gonna say bachelorette is a special one to me i before so, you explain it i want oh, to yeah. say like i was in uh-huh. a I, I was in a film studies class in high school which i know shocking me in a film studies <laughs> class <laughs> the person who makes film video essays clutch the pearls. <laughs> but, but uh, at the end of our semester first of all 
not only was I my favorite teachers already, my teacher loved me because we had already had classes before. I was the only person there that actually enjoyed like analyzing films. Mm. We, you know, he already loved me. Right, right. <laughs> You're digging in, yeah. But, that was like uh, me in any music class in college. Yeah. Just the only one there giving a shit. <laughs> like, what do you mean we're not just listening to music this whole time? But we had to analyze music videos, and on the list was Bachelorette. Mm. And I looked at it, I go, I love That's that cool. song in that music video. And he looks at me and goes, don't pick that one. That's the hardest to analyze on the entire list. Pick <laughs> something easier. Wow. <laughs> Which, maybe he's right, because I'm still not sure if I could analyze the exact point of the symbolism in the music video. But it is, Bachelorette has an argument for being not only my favorite song on the album, but like... Maybe my favorite song Bjork's ever made, and that music video mm-hmm. by uh, it's uh, it's Gonji did a great yeah, no, job. Wait, I, th- I, I think I could make an argument, I think I could make less of an argument for the army of me music videos. What the hell that's supposed to be about? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, she's saving her brother by blowing him up. Uh, what's happening? <laughs> 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 very um, visual <laughs> yeah well I, I like how she describes she says like you know when I think of making a music video it's like a dream so like the moment mm. to moment is all that matters so there is something like, very Lynchian about yeah. her ideas yeah and, 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 and so it's like a weird thing where it's like this doesn't make sense but I'm still following you that happens to a lot of her shit you know um, but in uh, honestly I feel like these uh, latest music videos were her most like streamlined as far as like what the ideas were where it's just like just interesting to just watch all the way through like oh, the yeah. Hunter video is is just her you know with the skin cap uh, uh, on so it's just like looks like it's just her body there and then slowly you see the blue animation get on her and can I tell you something like there's something about I don't know what animation company she is fu- she was fucking with at this time or or maybe she just fucking paid them better than the reboot people were bidding, being paid or something like that <laughs> but the animation always looks so fucking cool and crisp in her music videos you know what I mean like it always looks very like ooh even out of the time of the 90s even when it's like aged yeah. poorly CGI like it's stylized in a way that it's you're still, like this yeah. fits like in an that's exactly what I'm way. saying yeah even yeah even also the I just sort looked of, it up like, it was done using the it was rendered with Pixar's rendering machine. Oh shit! <laughs> Interesting. So Damn. like, hey, I know you just got done with the toys. Yo, can we use that? <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm just Let imagining that, the music video, but she's covered in the faces of like all the creepy humans from Toys. <laughs> oh shit! She looks like Sid. Oh she god! Just, she looks like Sid's weird dog. That that those weird mixed up toys. <laughs> Now, if she wants to freak people the fuck out, that's what she should have done. <laughs> not just a blue bear. That's nothing. That's not creepy. <laughs> should have done Smokey the, uh, if she really wanted to freak people out. You know what used to freak me the fuck out as a kid? Uh, 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 Smokey the, the fire prevention bear. You know, only you. Oh. Dude, that would freak me the fuck out if that was CGI digitally rendered. Oh, my God. I couldn't watch that video to this day if that was what happened. <laughs> I'm looking through the page, the the Wikipedia article for Hunter, and for some reason they said that they compared it to Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel, and I'm like, I guess the close up, but it's <laughs> I, yeah, I no, guess. It's, like, it's like oh, one with person close up with effects, there. I guess, but it's very different tones. That, yeah, that, you know, no, it's I a lot like saying. the ending of the black or white music video by <laughs> Michael Jackson because it's a close up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, and okay, no I'm other gonna... reason. 
yeah, like I get what they're saying in terms of like, oh, it's a close up while an animation is happening around them. But the difference with that is, yeah. you know, they had like it was him sitting there for like 18 hours, maybe while they were animating every little bit with that. She's just like jiggled around in jams for a second. Also and, uh, we'll a get lot that in, in that music video. Than yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he loved getting hit with those bumper cars. <laughs> is very angry, I, which again is a good theme on this album. Like whenever she, she gets angry, angry, angry or like oh. angry or just like sort of like Derek. yeah angry or like the sort of like you know uh, uh the, the what, what's the name of that character raggedy andy like mischievous you know what i mean like yeah, there's a great <laughs> like i i love the like when she'll just say a line and it'll be so angry and it just rhymes with nothing and you're like you just yeah. have to be there like it's like yeah it has this feeling of like it was and an outburst where if i cut it to rhyme <laughs> It wouldn't have been as powerful, and she's one right. of the artists that could definitely get away with that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't think any of Hunter rhymes. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think, and I think, like, I think it's just like it's just and a more basic. And that's your fucking RC. <laughs> well, well, no, I just think it's just more basic lyrically, and so it's just like there's just not a lot being said on the track. Mm. So it's See, just kind I, of I like, like a, the way it, it it takes the metaphor and like almost tears it apart like it's like it there's a metaphor there but as it goes on it starts like being like put through like a meat shredder or something like that like mm. it just comes out very differently and it's very evocative yeah and then so we, uh, we go into the next couple of tracks like i said absolute fucking bangers like uh, i don't oh. think there's any violin or anything like that on hunter right like it's it's relatively bare bones no, and then, i think so it's when just we the accordion to... that might be the only uh like non-electronic instrument on it yeah, so when we get to yoga and then the color, the musical colors blast open, I'm like, okay, here we go. Like, we're right back electronics on. Yo, and you hear that. Dun, 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 dun. Ah, right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, don't think we. Uh, it's such a good, it ad, like, this, this feels like a style that'd be so easy to mess up. And she is just, yeah. she, she is just breezing through it. Like, it's, because that's the thing. It, not only a, is like, so beautiful, it feels like it's just natural to her. <laughs> Let, let me get, get to a point that I think that you kind of uh, pointed to for a second, because it's like, I think there's a way to do this that could make this so gimmicky, right? Of like, using digital music with acoustic music, isn't that so weird? You know what I mean? But like... You could she, end up with a... She, uh, what, what's that? Uh, Billy Idol cyberpunk situation? Right. Or, or I think there was a... In the early 90s, there was like a rap album where they like mixed classical music. It's like, oh, we're going to do a little classical music with rap. Like, oh, you don't expect that. But because like you know the people mixing it together don't actually like you know aren't that invested in either one of the or the other genre that much you know it's either just doing a classical music song and then eh, we just kind of have a rapper come in like two minutes in you know like it doesn't really feel like they're trying to really mix and meld these genres to bring this, in a new light this definitely feels like an yeah. album of someone who's been working like with music since right. she was like seven so it's like, right. yeah, <laughs> it feels like... And she she doesn't hear any difference between any genre in, in, in that genre. It's like, there is no wall between all of this shit. It's just like, no, you can take from here, take from there, take from here, take from there. You know what I'm saying? And make your own collage of what your sound is, you know? Yeah, again, yeah. why I love her so much is like, I mean, you, you, you both reviewed Post. Like, it Post is very much like the example of like her trying everything, which is again, why it's my second favorite album by her. Mm -hmm. And like it, she does so well at everything on there that it's hard to really critique anything yeah, see, about. See, like, see, that's the thing. 
She she goes like she throws. It, 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 you can say that she throws everything at the wall, but she does it so well and so artistically that it doesn't feel yeah, like it, the Jackson it, Pollock it, throwing everything at the wall, right? It, it fits together. It's it, it's throwing everything at the wall in the eraser head sense, where like it, yeah. it, all, it all is discordant, but it all feels purposely discordant together. Like you're, it's mm-hmm. hard for you to imagine them not fitting together like that. Yeah. By the time we got to unravel, I was like, <laughs> I wrote notes. I was like, yes, give it to me. Oh, I was, I was thinking the what was that Russ Myers trailer beneath the Valley of the Eldrixes? Yeah, um, go more weird, abstract, yet musically grounded forays into your musical mind palace. Let's do it. Like with the uh, the organs and the vocals spinning all around the track. She was so fucking glorious. And then, have you guys seen the music video? No, I, I haven't honestly, seen it. This is one of the few ones I haven't seen the music video for. So... Because I've seen Hunter, I've seen Yoga, I've seen... I mean, we're going to have to also talk about I, All All is Full of Love as well, because that's probably oh. one of the best music videos I think has ever been made. Wait, oh, I didn't see that. I didn't know there was one for that one. Oh, well, my God. It's, by, okay. uh, it's by. by the guy who made Rubber Johnny. God oh, shit. It. Okay. And uh, he did Window Licker and all those, so it's, like, very... (laughs) It's not creepy like those, though, but it is using a similar... Uh, Have you ever seen the image where it's, like, Bjork as a robot? That's that video. Your all is made of love. Okay. Because apparently, yeah, uh, they had said that the video for one of the songs was, like, banned or something like that in in America, you know, at the time or something like that, you know. (laughs) I believe this one is very sexually charged, but it is... Which, again... I don't know how that's shocking with Bjork. <laughs> yeah, like she doesn't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> she well, also, clearly like, does not give a fuck. Literally, uh, if we if we ignore Selma Songs as a soundtrack album, which I think it should be considered a regular album because it has a lot of great songs mm-hmm. on it. But if we ignore that one, the next album is literally just all about sex. Like it is all about sensuality. Mm, like, damn. and literally, mm. yeah, one of the one of the songs on there was was banned because she's fully nude in the music video, and it's like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I was about to say, like, oh, she's just masturbating in this one. Oh, God damn it, Bjork, okay. <laughs> yeah, that goes back to Lars von Trier from earlier. Oh, <laughs> it was no. like, ah, in another world, they, you know. <laughs> no. But, uh, I, um. Uh, oh, was, yeah, go I'm trying to find the music video for. Uh, oh, the music <laughs> video for Unravel. Yeah. So, I'm, so, I'm so actually watching it in the background now, the Unravel yeah. video. Because so, I, I love it so much. I almost don't want to. Do you want to just watch it happen? Or. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm, I'm watching well, this. I can't do a whole this, live this, reaction to it. But. Yeah, fuck it, fuck it. I'll just say it. Because you, you start watching the video and it looks like it's just a fucking, you know, uh, 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 like you know it has little silks and stuff all over her and she's like playing around with it a little bit as she's singing the song and that it's like a minute and a half into the video so you have to have been paying attention this whole time to be like where is this going Bjork and then eventually you see her and then slowly it goes back into the silk and then it slowly moves over to the CGI huge thing that looks like this silk is slowly building a person or something like that it's the fucking coolest thing it's like god damn it Bjork you know got me again yeah, <laughs> it's, was- it's Bjork and a humunculus <laughs> well, I remember recent just, stuff has a lot of this like blending humanity with like digital art thing, and it reminds me a lot of those like uh, 
I don't know how to pronounce it because it has three S's, but Lost with three S's. That music video also has like a lot of... The best way to describe Lost. modern period music videos <laughs> is the digital art looks a lot like she is transforming into a jean jacket or the the, the, the monster from Nope. And I oh love my, it so yeah, much. I've seen that. I noticed that. <laughs> like, it was like, because I noticed a lot of her art, like, on the, you know, album covers or whatever. I was just casually noticing, like, is there, like, a jellyfish thing going on? What's going oh, on? Oh, yeah. Like, she, like, she's been really interested in, like, digital art and stuff like that for, like, the past decade. And I, well, I mean, I, I'm all for it. I love it. Because she's, she yeah, cause hooks up with, like, as, all know, of the modern art people. And I, yeah. it works so well with her style. Yes, because as much as like we're looking back and like, oh wow, isn't this quaint and how she was working on the cutting edge back then? It's like, oh, she didn't stop doing that. She just, <laughs> it's like she's like, where y'all been? I've been <laughs> fucking yeah. getting busy. <laughs> this is completely unrelated, and you probably have to cut this out. But when I search Bjork on YouTube, why is one of the results one man, one jar? I love the fact that like she got eerie on it. She's like, the minute I made the track, like I needed someone to write an epic poem for this because I knew it needed it, and I was like. You're goddamn right. It was. Yeah, Jesus. Okay, it's... so for what's happened? Oh, oh. That that say? belt she has, like right before oh. the core. That uh, I forget how it's set, but the right before she goes to, I'm a big of it Like she has, she lets out a huge belt there, and it's like, mm-hmm. first of all, Bjork has like one, arguably maybe my favorite voice in all of music. It's just so expressive. I like voices it, that are yeah. like different there's an element of frailty to it yeah there's an element of frailty to it but there's still a strength to it that is like staggering despite that you know what i mean where it's like at one point she'll be singing in a way that sounds like oh is her voice cracked does she need some water something like that but then she'll belt so strong that it'll be like whoa she's doing it despite the cricks and crags in her voice it's so incredible yeah it's again like a lot of my favorite voices are like people like that like chris cornell and tom york where they have Mm -hmm. like different sounding voices but when they belt something out it's just blows everyone away mm-hmm. and, and yeah uh, bachelorette so has for- so many moments of that in there i it is genuinely hard for me to not argue like this could be her best song ah i wouldn't it, be arguing with you over here <laughs> I, also it's a sequel to isabel apparently I, I, I wrote okay, that down I get too. That feel. I get which that, I got is that also feel. a great one as well. So it's like uh, I don't uh, know, the sequel so itself, the human behavior. So can we turn yeah, this yeah, into yeah, a Fast and Furious thing? Just make a bunch of sequels to Isabel. They're all gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but for the music video for this one now, it, isn't oh, yeah. this? This is the one where it's like she's. It looks like she's doing a stage play, and she it looks like she's the like book. It starts writing itself. They make a. They, she sells the book. They make a stage play of the book. Yeah. But it's which is about her buying the book, selling the book, yeah. ma- turning it to a stage play. Which, it, like, shit. as a concept, it's not too hard to understand. The thing is difficult is the subtext where you're like, I wonder what, like, is this about art and commerce? Is this about, like, because it clearly yeah, is has this about a bit someone of a point specifically? Yeah. yeah, because there's one point where you see someone who's dressed a certain way and you see them, like, replicated twice where that person's watching in the audience like, hey, like, at first they're happy about it, but then they seem kind of sad, but then they seem kind of, like, you know, not really responsive. Like, it well, seems like they got a bunch the of different Also, the music video takes. implies that this, sequ- this setup of plays within plays has basically been happening yeah. for, like, months at this point yeah yeah because it cuts to one point where you see like it's him watching him watching it and you're like wait what just happened i love the fact they also hire different actors and dress them up like the original actors so that's what time it's like a slight difference Yes, 
Because I had to have, I had to go back and be like, wait, did I see that wrong? Did I get? Because that one guy's balding, and that other guy's not balding. Yeah, like as time goes on, it like exaggerates features because it's going through so many levels of like adaptation. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a weird thing where like people, so she sells her book to this publisher and lots of people start like reading the book and say, and then it flashes to 1920s for some reason where people are reading the book. But then like something happens where she gets angry at the person, but then uh, the the words on the page start erasing and going back up and then people aren't reading the book anymore. And it's like, wait, but did they, did they get their memory sucked from remembering the book? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I think it might be an art and commerce thing, because it might be the idea of like when something, when a piece of art just becomes like a, like a product to sell over and over again, it it like people just are mm. forgetting about it because they don't care anymore because it doesn't feel the same. The copy of the copy, and it doesn't really yeah hit what the same emotional. <laughs> There's also beat probably that it was a, doing. A, a non-intended metaphor there, where you could be like a book that writes itself that is slow that is slowly tied with money. <laughs> oh, that sounds relatable nowadays, huh? <laughs> yeah, damn. Uh, yeah, I give credit but, um, to Bjork for that. Always using weird visuals. I don't think she has ever used AI, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, props for that. Props for that. Uh, uh, so then we get uh, all neon, like, which is yeah. a, a little looser, but I still dig it. Like with what it's doing. Like this is the okay. Those last four songs were like as conventional as a song as you could be for Bjork. Now it's time to now it's time for me to start relaxing and just like doing some weird. Let's really get weird for a second. Let, let's break the form of what a fucking song is for a second. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think all I, neon I, like was the first one I wrote down where I was just like, I'm not even gonna pretend to know what this one's about. <laughs> <laughs> just let it happen. <laughs> uh, from what I understand, I looked up the genius page for it. It is based on a poem that she wrote. And it is apparently yeah. about sex. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. of course. <laughs> I also I tried to re-listen to the song on YouTube, and I'm looking, and I'm like, all right, these recommended videos are very fitting. It's like, oh hey, coil, Jeffrey, cardiac, yeah, it's one man, one jar again. <laughs> no, for some it's reason. About, it's about the ice, the complexities of Iceland's economic uh, situation. <laughs> Uh, I, that's what she's actually I, saying I love about. that like you could just be reading like listening to a song you're like it's so beautiful and you go to genius he goes did that just say semen yeah it was like all neon like oh what a beautiful song what could this possibly be about so I, I think she's into facials like wait excuse me <laughs> <laughs> I mean it also gives like such interesting te like the idea of putting a sexual thing on with a razor blade all cut a slit open and the luminous <laughs> beam heals you and you're like i i think i get what you're going for also this sounds like um number one my future uh surgery number two uh <laughs> <laughs> and two like it it really does sound like it's like of almost like a vampire situation like they're You're like, right. <laughs> but it's such an interesting I love her metaphors so much because they're just so weird mm. and unique and, and so yeah. vivid. You can like, chew you immediately, on them. <laughs> like they're like I don't even know what this means at first, but you picture the imagery and it's so yeah, you, and it you, doesn't. Yeah, it's the sort of thing where it's like you might not know exactly what she means, but you know like. You, you can feel, feel it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't know, but feel. It feels real to me, man. <laughs> right. Uh, I want to go back I to something. I still don't know what your turtle heart means either. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know what the fuck you just said, Bjork. But you special, Bjork. Because you reached out and you touched my heart. RC, I think it goes back to like what we were talking about where like, 
in this case, it's almost like you don't want to know what it's about because you would rather have the picture the in your head and than have it ruined. Of like, oh no, it's not nearly as interesting as you thought it was. Like, like, oh. like remember what? Didn't we find out that one song was about like, oh yeah, Army of Me? I thought it was supposed to be about like being awesome, being a badass. It's about yeah, telling. It's like all- my brother's lazy. It's like no, yeah. don't and tell me about, that. Yeah, Dude, it's, no. about all, it's about telling all those rockers they need to like you know uh, straighten up and uh, you know tie your hair back and you know. Get off your cell phones before you walk off that cliff. Like, oh, no. Put some conditioner in that hair. Like, are you kidding me? God, We were talking about uh, Moby's extremely preachy music video earlier. I like how every time that video gets passed around, it's won a different award. (laughs) That's how they made it out. They make up up an award it never won, and they're like, it won this. Everyone gets mad at, like, how did this win an award? And it's like, Mm. it didn't. Just Google it. I love the the thing that that's like, it's just a Moby music video with the music replaced. Yeah, RC, I forgot to tell you that. The video I saw on Twitter was the music video with, instead of the Moby song, it's like this instrumental classical song that's supposed to make you feel extra sad. And <laughs> someone was like, this what? one, first pl- first prize Wait, what? at whatever film at the, festival. At the Venice Film Festival short film uh, thing. And I was like, uh, no, it didn't. And the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's like the, the only thing that Twitter is good about is the community notes that like right under it, it's just like, no, this is a Moby music video. Like, please <laughs> quit sharing the shit around. Uh, what was that? Uh, that that fake DeSantis clip going around where people just got so mad that it wasn't real that they reported the community notes so it'd go away so people would still keep thinking he said hungry. <laughs> I, I just want to believe the lie, goddammit. Why won't you let me believe the lie? Did he not say hungry? That's a, that's from a bad lip reading video. <laughs> oh, goddammit, no. Yeah. But now that that note is taking away, who knows? <laughs> yeah. I, I think he's so strange online at this point that, that he's he, going to say hungry. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's the most damaging thing is not that he the, he actually said it. It's the fact that he didn't, but we all could imagine it. <laughs> and if we bully about, if we bully him enough about it, he's eventually going to have to say in a video, I did not say hungry. And then we, we have proof of him saying hungry. We can jab push yeah. him if we try he's hard be enough. Like, Dude, he's gonna be like the the polar opposite of Trump, where it's just like every dumb thing he said get making him popular. Every dumb thing he says is like ruining his popularity. He just isn't. As much as I hate to give Trump credit, he's not as easily charismatic. Like Trump is, yeah. he's unfortunately kind of funny sometimes. Like it is. Yeah, it, I, I, I will in, never um, not laugh yeah. at that tweet that's like that he made, where it's like. Diet Coke has been mad at my tweets I've been making about them. Whatever, I'll still drink that garbage. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, God damn it. If this guy just stuck to game shows and hosting award shows where... Right. Oh, God, that clip American I love. Where, there's like a clip of him hosting some award show, I believe, on like... V, like some movie awards or something like that. And the God narration voice, he goes, and the greatest band to ever live, Weezer. And I'm like, this man's a president <laughs> now. Like, this, like, like no matter could, what I we mean, do, it will never have not happened. Yeah, exactly. Like, we can't, we can't uh, memory hole that. We can't go, nope, this is still a great honorable nation and you should respect whoever gets into the, the office. Nope, because Trump was there. The first president <laughs> to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. And man, am I upset it's not Jesse Ventura. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's so funny, like, 
I wish our, I wish we had a president whose only conspiracy belief was that the weather was controlled, like something that ridiculous. Right. <laughs> Isn't it so funny with Obama? We tried to, you know, pretend that America was still a respectable place. Like, oh, look at this man in the office of the presidency. I mean, in this modern age, we need someone like him, and we wouldn't, we couldn't possibly let some loser asshole who clearly shouldn't be in, you know. <laughs> As someone who, like, obviously doesn't like a lefty, doesn't respect most of the institutions of our government. I oh, will sure. say it has yeah. been funny watching us ping pong between arguably the two funniest presidents to ever live with Biden. And Trump. Yeah, yeah, it's like this. It's like this thing where it's just like, okay, you guys, the institution, are trying to make us still believe that this is a respectable institution, but you keep giving us these people, and it's like, uh, do you the, not the, see the, what you're the, giving the, us I, right now? And even that on on TikTok the other day, someone posted a clip where it said, "My favorite bushes," and they're like, "Oh yeah, you're right. Like the fucking fool me once, and I won't be fooled again." And uh, <laughs> terrorists are thinking of ways to hurt our nation, and so are we. Oh, back to Bjork. We have to. <laughs> this is what happens when you get three people with ADHD in the same. <laughs> Precisely. Oh God, what have we done? We've been going off so much that I am sweating right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so let me let me hit you with the a little bit more. The most intense going off you ever did here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those images of the guy like focusing so hard, veins are top <laughs> sticking out his head, but being <laughs> neurodivergent. <laughs> Yeah. We're so, gonna get so, the Russ Meyer guy to advertise the. It's the. Oh, I dare you to listen to another podcast. Yeah, I thought you were gonna do the whole. Uh, you you bought the you bought the whole podcast, but you only need the edge. You only need the edge. <laughs> I don't even know what that would mean. What's the edge of a podcast? Sometimes I just say things. I don't know. You just pay me to write things. Oh, man. It oh, works. What? It's fine. And we've already, like, mentioned all the other songs that people can might as well just assume we just loved all of them. Yeah. So, I well, mean... Well, well, I'll crack a little bit of tension. Uh, I, I do think Ooh. Five Years in Immature were my, like, least liked of the songs. Really? I mean, again, I might agree with that, but I also think they're still great. Like, that's the thing. I don't think they're really the thing, a Yeah, they're still track. doing something unique, right? They're still doing something cool and unique on their own, but I just feel like relative to how much is going on in the other tracks, these just feel like the sort of, all right, I can't just do epic shit the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, See, see that's why I love Angry Bjork. Mm. Uh, on five years, that's like the angriest I've ever heard her. Oh, five years has my has like one of the best lines on the album where it was the fucking uh, I can't th or no it's not five years is it immature that has the line of mm. I'm not a Buddhist but I feel okay. so fucking enlightened. I so, think alarm call has the uh, I'm not a fucking Buddhist. Yeah, yeah alarm, no, the, oh, but, that's but like immature. one of my favorite lines. Yeah, so, so I'm no fucking is, Buddhist but this is enlightenment. That's such yeah. a good line. God damn, that, that's, yeah. that's what I mean about like she hard. doesn't even have to rhyme if it makes a better <laughs> statement. Hey, right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, so the the immature track is like it didn't quite pop for me, but it still kind of moves and shakes, and like it's like it's a slightly more basic musically, but what she's saying is so strong it almost makes up for it to me. Because I also it's like, like how five years and immature play off each other in a way, because five mm -hmm. years is like mourning this relationship that died, and immature is like you know why do I even care? Why, right. why do I need this person? Yes, <laughs> yes, because I think the because the yeah, what she's saying, which is like, how can I be so immature to think that he could replace the missing elements in me? What? How lazy of me! Like she's criticizing, it's like, what? The doy? I could have had a being. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, it, it's such a. I I love how most who saw it on this thing use love as both like a metaphor for other parts of the South, but also it, in relates to like <laughs> the idea of searching for it. 
trying to find it and embracing it when you have it, obviously, with all its full mm. love. And there's there's a, sort of an emotional arc to that, mm. in a way. Immature and five years together have such an important part of that story. They might be the weakest songs on the album, but it's like, it's it's one of those things where it's like saying, like, this song's the weakest song on Tapimpa Butterfly. It's like... Exactly, <laughs> yeah. It's like, even this, like, Bjork on autopilot is still going to be better than most people doing their best, you know? I don't like... even think she's on autopilot. It's just... No, no, no just, but I'm the just rest saying, of the that's songs what I'm saying. are just yeah. top of top of the game I mean, right. from Bjork to not be on top of her game like if I'm like because especially like in that this track era, was her like meditating the, honestly yeah the, the stretch <laughs> of post homogenic and uh uh Vespertine is like such a good three and then I also like uh the, the two albums she did with Arca oh so um, we got more to look for Volnikira oh, and uh Utopia which god that is perfect <laughs> there's a perfect team up there Arca and Bjork <laughs> And, and that's just the thing too. There's only ten tracks on this album, mm. so it's like it really kind of gets in and gets out, but feels like it. You, you know, you're really like got a lot to chew on as it goes on. Alarm track, especially as it comes in, just a fucking solid ass cut. Oh, the way she yeah. uses the hip hop drop beat in that way that just it just like it just really just feels like this is hip hop, but I just turned it into something else. Like because I'm over it now, you know what I mean? Because like all of those. All of those weird, like, those synths and stuff like that that you would typically hear on a rap song that are just like, oh, these are just production stuff. Now it feels like it's in a different light. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just so interesting. Those breakbeats in that, uh, I, I think it's a bell, the whole, uh, the, the ring that brings to the top of the song, the bong, yeah. bong. It's, like, very ominous, but, like, if this is, like, as the fact that this is like one of her more like soothing tracks mixed with all that together it almost works as a great contrast where it brings out both of them I had nothing what? more to say I was refusing yeah. filler words yeah cause like I mean we only got the last two tracks Pluto is silence, a fucking I got smasher <laughs> Pluto let's just say it. Pluto's a fucking smasher this oh is the my fucking God. It, it is it reminds me of uh, the best example I could think of is have either of you listened to Black Midi Yes. I'm rising on Cavalcade when, like, uh, Hogwash and Balderdash comes in at the second, the second to last track, where it's like, all right, before we go, here's the wild shit I got. Here you go. Man. (laughs) Yeah. This this feels like, remember that Tyler, the creator track off of, uh, uh, that Cherry Bomb? Remember, Mm. we had listened to it, and it's like, I get what he's going for, but it's just too not mixed wells where I, like, I can't enjoy it. This is it's this too done. loudness ward. Hey, hey I, I'm Huey Lewis in the news. I'm going, you're just too darn loud, you know? Look, <laughs> we talked about Back to the Future between... Th- Wait, actually, no. We, we, we did talk about it in a few minutes at the end of the episode. Of we will have will be talking about it in a few minutes. <laughs> Would you say right now we're going Back to the Future? <laughs> Wait, are we going I'm forward go, to the I'm, past? I'm going to go uh, into my garage and start running the car or, after that joke. I, <laughs> I, I need to be punished permanently for that one. But oh no, like, God. I want to be where the goddamn rave is where this song is fucking playing. <laughs> Uh, it's, fucking... <laughs> it sounds like it'd be like um like a rave from like a movie where like the like a like the vampire rave from uh, like Blade oh, sure. or something like a rave oh, yeah. where you're also killing Blood people orgy. there because it's so or, angry or whatever happened in Queen of the Damned you know with John Davies yeah. or whatever the fuck <laughs> or whatever that club that played uh, Dracula in uh, the Matrixes <laughs> like this yes. <laughs> 
that, that weird Matrix moment where you're club. like, wait, are they playing Dragula in the Matrix? <laughs> like, this weird novelty song that somehow made it into I, I the love... serious movie of 1999. My favorite fact of all is, like, when people find out what the actual Dragula looked like that the song's about. <laughs> oh, yeah, the fucking monster's car? Yeah, it's just like a <laughs> tiny little bit. <laughs> You just picture Grandpa Monster and it's slamming in the back of his Dragula with Hoyman. I, I will never not think of that. Every single time in it comes on like a hockey Dragula. game, I just think of it. It's Every incredible. single time I hear it like a sporting event or something, I'm just like, this is about a tiny little jalopy. Yeah, burn through the dishes and drag the witches or something. Oh man, yeah, all but Pluto... Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And let's not move on from uh, not. Let's not move on from Pluto. You got worse. <laughs> yeah, on so, like that was straight up some Daft Punk. Like you know, it, it, there's a certain point where it just feels like it's just uh, repeating a bit, but it's so like gets right in the pocket where I'm like, this could repeat forever, and I wouldn't care. You know what there's I mean? There's like almost an industrial quality to it. Of like when you listen yeah, to like one of those Nine Inch Nails tracks where the track starts looping over and over again, but it loses <laughs> more of it as it goes on mm-hmm. and becomes more crunchy. And you're like, yes. oh. And then we get to All is Full of Love. And Which is also has an argument of maybe being the best Bjork song. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what a buffet this album is. It, 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 run, it, it runs you over as a song. Yeah. <laughs> right? Anyone get the number of that truck? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen what? this. Uh, I, I've never like I never knew what this music video was, but I've seen this music video before for All is Full of Love. Yeah, this I'm, is, in my opinion, like, my favorite Chris Cunningham work, and I like uh, the stuff, like, I like that window liquor, I like that window liquor video for a lot of reasons why I'm being that it is so fucking goofy, oh, <laughs> but, man. like, this is probably my favorite th- thing uh, oh, Chris yeah, Cunningham ever directed, yeah, it's, it's very beautiful, yeah. and it fits very well with the song. And yeah. Yes, it is. Jesus. You can look at it and be like, "Yeah, this." I can see why this was maybe banned in 1997. I don't uh, agree with it, but right. I can see how two androgynous romant robots fucking could be a bit too yeah. much for MTV in cock. 1997. Cock, robot, cock. Granted, it probably did not help. I just looked it up. This music video came out two years after Homogenic, which probably helps. Wow. Probably helps to show like how long like that that Bjork like a yeah. good Bjork album has like in terms of like time that it can cover like because I believe they were still releasing music videos for the one for the the one that came out last year was like they were releasing in like twenty twenty after like three years wow. and it's like I was still there I'm <laughs> I sat my white ass down and listened. <laughs> motherfuckers respect the artistry they're gonna come by, they're gonna they're gonna come through every single time if you mm-hmm. if you build it they will come okay <laughs> and it's the thing of like again working with a modern artist like chris cunningham who like like we we think of his music videos but he also has a bunch of like f- like features at modern art and stuff like that like mm. all that stuff that comes together where you're like you can see like how much she is dedicated to like making the images for her work uh, coalesce with uh, interesting styles. I mean, this is the person who married. Uh, or, I don't know if she married or she just dated him. The guy who did the Cree Master Cycle, the one that like seven part series about the, like famous art. I don't know how to describe it other than it is a art film. 
that plays exclusively in museums that is out of order and is about the process of uh, something, uh, mus one muscle in the testicles. So, oh, just to give my rating real quick, uh, at, you know, because I'm going to I'm going to be I'm going to be the asshole here. You know, I give it a 4.5, 4.5. Oh, yes. You suck. Uh, yeah, right. I'll be that guy. I'll be the heel. <laughs> Someone's got to be. <laughs> I'll take the cabbage and old tomatoes to the face this week mm -hmm. because uh, yeah, we still have them like, left over from the last episode. So we gotta use them. Oh, they're, oh, they're slimier. They're on the last leg. This is the last episode I could use them. Uh, uh, but yeah, there's just like one or two tracks where it just felt slightly basic. But even then, that just feels like in conjunction with it's like, well, I can't just be firing all cylinders all the time. I gotta, I gotta give you simple lower beings some rest. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I, this is my favorite album by her. But yeah, Post is also up there. There's a bunch of stuff by her that I could definitely, I could understand someone arguing is better than this one even if I disagree and they're wrong. Um, ah. <laughs> but no, like I could definitely see like vibing with Post more than this or... These are my opinions. Therefore, yeah. they happen to be the right ones. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do you think I run a film channel? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where I cannot blame someone for favoring other albums over this one or other because there's just so much she can do well that I'm it's like... It's just so consistent quality that it's just like it's really just picking you know, picking your favorite kid. Yeah. I said like two golden eras which first of all having a golden era in like your fourth year year of relevance like for a decade of relevancy <laughs> yeah. like Jesus 2015 Christ. and 2017 albums that are like two of the best of your career like holy shit but that, even that then is, she doesn't have yeah. a bad album in her like even volta with mm. its weird why that's like, what i've heard i've heard I, I, that was the yeah I enjoyed well, I, that I, one. <laughs> I, I enjoy, well, that's the thing. I enjoy it. I enjoy Biophilia, even though Biophilia is my least favorite one. But mm. Volta's... I mentioned Volta being the weird one because, you know, it's that's the, the one with song produced album. by Timbaland. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. why was Isn't this all weird? Link up? <laughs> where, where it's like, it's weird that she's not being as weird as she could be. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Timbaland, huh? <laughs> you know, she's yeah, doing she's the ultimate thing. Where you're like, this, this album was just too normal for me. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. she's like, she's like, I've done everything of being unconventional. I know, <laughs> I'll be conventional. It's, like, it's the one thing they won't be seeing. <laughs> and Biophilia, of course, being the famous one where she had an app accompaniment, which makes it funny because now the way she intended you experience it just doesn't work anymore because oh, it was designed no. for all the iPads. <laughs> oh, uh, God. <laughs> which, granted, that's not exactly her fault. That's more Apple for making everything stop yeah. working after a while. That's capitalism's right. fault. Oh, it, it actually, you know, Bjork's doing it as a commentary about the planned obsolescence of uh, <laughs> <laughs> the technology. Mm -hmm. Look, she, she's giving us jewels at, at every turn, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I think I speak for everyone when I say Bjork, please start touring again. It's been like, it's uh. been like 20 years come on uh, <laughs> bless oh these God. peasants <laughs> oh, 15 sorry it was 2007 i believe but i'm like yeah all she Jesus. does now is like special performances over in europe and you're like god damn it i'm not uh, making a wow. flight <laughs> no <laughs> she doesn't need to leave iceland like she could be for the rest of her life bitch no you well, gotta come to iceland like, to fucking see me <laughs> if, that's her, if that's her comfort i'm not gonna judge her but also i'm like still sad because oh, imagine some of these songs live oh my oh, god man. Imagine like going to see her with like a full orchestra behind her, like oh, yeah. like Yoda oh, yeah. and that. And it's like disappointing because you're like, no, you, can, you, you did it thirty years ago. That. Bring it back, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is like I've seen the great, I've seen the Gazam Kunstwerk that humanity is capable of. You know, <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those things where like you hear from us, like I just don't want to tour, and you're like. 
You know, good for you, but also, come on, I wanted to see you. Yeah. <laughs> you can sit in the chair the whole for time, me. all right? We can, we can move your, we can just cut out, hollow out your living room and just move that on the tour, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you feel don't like even that, have to move. <laughs> feel like the clip I saw of Jason Derulo doing a Zoom concert for a school lane. <laughs> oh my I'm God. Sure it's cool. like a clip of him in his living room. He was supposed to perform for his school as like a reward. And because COVID, oh, he had to do it over Zoom. And just this so silent nice. clip of him going, and the trumpets, they go. And he's just quiet in the room. Like, everybody clap. And there's just no clapping because obviously he's alone in his room. There you go. I have no happiness to report that as a middle schooler during LMFA Rover's Reign, I hate to admit, everyone was super excited every time they released a music video. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. yeah! Champagne showers! Oh yeah, here come the boys once again! <laughs> the boys are you back in town! Song, Sorry for party rocking? <laughs> <gasps> Gotta run home after school and watch it. Dude, they're not actually sorry, though. <laughs> I, oh, there's, so, there, there's so much of that where, like, I remember kids being like, yo... Hey, teacher, you should. You heard about Gangnam Style? There's a new parody that's Mitt Romney Style. And it was like, oh, oh so funny. <laughs> oh. Thing, I'm like a little too past, like, internet, like, classic internet where I'm stuck in the range of, like, I grew up during lol cats. Like, that's, oh, that's my, my teenage God. years. Yeah, the, the copy of the copy of the internet that was happening before, you know? Holy I, I grew up shit. during peak epic rap battles era. Ah, oh, 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 I still got a soft heart, soft place in my heart for the epic rap battle, guys. I, I hate to admit it, I still love the film director. Of course I love the film director. Though I will say, the Michael Bay bits are the weakest. I'm like, why yeah, would yeah, Stanley yeah, I mean, Kubrick Care look. about the fucking Ninja Turtles, right? I mean, look, do we want to go into that? <laughs> that, that? That's a whole other set. We we, we we want to go too far off on it. That's for the next feature. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ooh, when you have when we have you back on, we're gonna be doing the the uh, adequate Emily and uh, going <laughs> off the battles album. <laughs> yes, uh, the breakdown. Which really, who really won? Uh, and who's that really was a, that <laughs> was an idea that you pitched me years ago. <laughs> And I fucking told you to like, hit the bricks. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> You're like... <laughs> well, folks, that about wraps it up for another exciting episode of Going Off. Big, big thanks to our special guest this week, Adequate Emily, for joining us for the Bjork Review. And if there's albums that you would like to hear us talk about on a future episode of the show... Just head on over to our Kofi that is ko-fi.com slash going off G-O-I-N-O-F-F. You didn't do it the last few times. I wasn't expecting it, so you surprised me. <laughs> and we've got a whole bunch of stuff going on on our socials. I've got a whole new Twitter in general, so if you want to follow oh, that, that's yeah. at MothMuse. Or just stick with the at Riffcoms if you just want the... Um, if you just want the YouTube and podcast updates, you don't necessarily care about the selfies and thirst traps, that's fine. Ah, look at I you. won't take it personal. <laughs> that's okay. That's not for everyone. It's um, fine. 
And for your boy, you know, Kofi.com slash rap critic, if you want to make a live stream request as well as a, 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 a like song review request or movie request for the review of new podcast. And also, uh, I'm not sure if you've seen this, but I've been uh, taunting my audience with uh, uh, a new uh, gold tier that I have on my Patreon, patreon.com slash rap critic, if you want to, as well as see uh, the new exclusive episodes and join the Discord and see uh, exclusive episodes and all that fun, sexy stuff. Uh, I'm going to be doing a goal where if I get to a thousand dollars per you know if i get to a thousand dollar goal uh i will be going through all of soldier boys catalog on spotify yes that's right mm. i dare you i dare you chickens to disappoint me enough to get me to that well although although you see i assume that it's not true i assume you get these guys love me so much that they would never uh have me face such a fate but you know if you wish to be su such a devil uh you can head on over to patreon.com slash rap critic and help your boy get to that a thousand dollar goal and i will be going through all of uh, Soldier Boy's albums, and and the rub is it has to stay at a thousand because if it, if it goes below, I'm fucking stopping. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna keep doing that shit if I'm not getting the support for it. But if it keeps uh, above, yes, I will go through absolutely every album. I will start as soon as it gets to a thousand. So as soon as it gets there, it's like boom. All right, yeah, we'll do it. We'll, we'll go. Mm. But uh, I, I I doubt you will because you know you guys are a bunch of chickens. That fly. <gasps> oh, I used your trigger word. Are that, you gonna you gotta, let? See? Are you gonna let RC talk to y'all like that? Like I yeah, wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't stand for it personally. Yeah, I, this is the point in the movie where I I use the word that makes you automatically mad in the sequel because we need to you know make the action move forward. So now you've got to do the next thing that you know I, I tell you to do. You know, I'd get super fucking pissed if I was you folks. <laughs> yeah, that, I gotta prove this fly. motherfucker wrong. We gotta rob this clock tower and head on over to Patreon.com. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck were they you doing? You gotta they save the clock tower clock. first, for sure. What What were they doing? They were gonna rob a bank or something? What, what are you talking about? They, Marty, they, you, gotta, you gotta stop your son from robbing a bank for some reason. His son's... Oh my god, that's right. Yeah, his <laughs> son had a gun. <laughs> a fucking after-school special. <laughs> it was a fucking after-school special. I completely like... forgot about that angle. It's been so long since I've seen Back to the Future 2. I only remember very small things about it. Because it flips out of control where it's like, oh, this is what we were supposed to do to save your kids. And, oh, we didn't think we would actually have to make this movie. So I guess uh, uh, this is what we're doing. Y you have to save your kids from the future of, I don't know, being criminals. Because <laughs> in the 80s, the worst thing you could do is, you know, go to jail and be with, you know, the criminal element. You know what I mean? Like, there's like immigrants in there, you know. <laughs> I remember the, the 3D Jaws shark thing. <laughs> oh, it sure remember, is 80s America. <laughs> I remember the wanting a Pepsi free Hey, you gotta pay for that. Uh, yeah. I oh. remember Marty being like, oh my god, my mom's got big tits now. <laughs> oh my god, I wanna bang my mom in two movies. Now I actually now I'm actually down bad for mom. Oh no. <laughs> who saw oh. this coming? Who's fetish? Who's who which writer had this fetish? What are you doing, Robert Zemeckis? You're, you're being a little too transparent about it now. We can all Mom, see through it. Big. <laughs> but yeah, no, but yeah, how could you forget the plot line that they clearly wrote at first to start the movie and then had to go like, oh, but then Biff comes in, right? And then this happens. <laughs> I remember Marty has a daughter and it's just Michael J. Fox in drag. Again, we could have that Eminem discussion about that. 
Uh, whether or not it's okay for uh, Adrian, uh, w- what's his name, to be used, uh, have his likeness used in a sequel. You know what I mean? We could have that whole discussion. And how oh that my probably God. relates to Disney doing a whole bunch of bullshit these days. You know? <laughs> and fucking uh, Christian... Uh, Christian Glo- Glover, right? Christian yeah, Glover. He, he yeah, he was recast in the movie. I wanted to say Adrian Brody so bad. They're so similar to me. <laughs> Are they? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, okay. they just both have those faces. <laughs> they both, they both, they both do have not faces, like, you're right. Even though they're clearly, like, uh, like decades of, like, film apart, like, they yeah, just they're, seem they're alike. they're, like, 20 years apart, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where were we? Um, oh, yeah, Outros. Patreon. <laughs> yeah, patreon.com slash rap critic if you want to do the Soldier Boy. Uh, support me on that, you cruel sons of bitches. <laughs> And the uh, the patreon.com slash muse, we have Rope Break exclusive episodes and other stuff going on over there, so check all of that out. But that about covers it for this week, folks. Man, what a what an action-packed show, I Ooh. say, as we haven't recorded the second half uh, of it yet. Uh, but we will here uh, in a minute. We're sure. Hey, it'll be at least adequate. Oh! Oh! <laughs> like that? that much we oh, can be what sure of. to go out on. Uh, <laughs> Until next time, for going off, I'm Muse. And I'm the rap critic, and Kenny Rogers presents Duets of the Lifetime, like me and Bjork doing a copyright free cover of Islands in the Stream. I'll claim off the shore, too hard to ignore. What are we here for? I can't love you more. And I'll depend on you for all island of the shore. <laughs> 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 <laughs>